Welcome to another fun-filled edition of Second City Sports on the Hashtag Football Friday edition. Happy month of December to everyone out there. You're listening to Sports Zone Chicago, along with Miss Lakeem McGee, which is she. Sorry. <laughs> I'm Sydney Brownhead. That's me. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter, X and the IG at CK80. Once again, that's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You find my Keenan McGee on the Twitter, X and Kids again, IG. Make sure you download that Sports on Chicago app wherever you get your apps. You want to know why? Because we said so. That's why. Also, too, please follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms on Facebook, Twitter, X, Instagram, and YouTube. And subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to our podcast at War Media Podcast. That's W A R R Media P O D C A S T S. We are on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. And make sure you give War Media a follow at WARR Media on Facebook, Twitter, X, Instagram, and YouTube. Once again, follow War Media at WARR Media on Facebook, Twitter, X, Instagram, and YouTube. And thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. We are unapologetically fun, and we have very definite opinions. If you have any definite opinions uh, during our two-hour extravaganza, we call it Sports Talk Radio Show, you can always... Find us at Sports Zone Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports Zone Chicago on YouTube. Type in those questions and comments in the comments section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. But if you decide to troll and or do something silly, dumb, or stupid, I've given Lakina full power to give you fools to be able to be a boot. Toodles. But before we begin, we must remind you you can catch Sports Zone Chicago live in the 11 color now available on Roku TV. That's right. So celebrate with the squad and get with the program. Sports Zone Chicago is now available on Roku TV. If you already have a Roku television, just tap on that sports folder and download that Sports Zone Chicago app. If you don't have a Roku television, but you have some handheld devices laying around, iPhone, iPad, iTouch, your Chromebook like I'm using right now, or your personal PC as Lakina is using right now, just hit up the Google Play Store, download that Roku TV app, and access Sports Zone Chicago through that avenue. So, no more excuses. Celebrate with the squad and get with the program. Sports on Chicago is now available on Roku TV. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year. Live and on demand. Anytime, anywhere. And you know we will provide. <laughs> and we will provide you with some of the uh, good stuff here on Second City Sports. Of course, we'll talk. Bulls got a big win last night. Uh, NBA, the rest of the week in the NBA. Then, of course, you know, it's championship weekend in college football. Also, too, we got our buddy Herb Howard from the Bigs, NCHGO Bears to talk. Bears, we you know, no Bears game, thank the Lord. But we'll talk to him about the other's missies and report cards and also, too, uh, some of the rest of the, the stuff that's going on in the NFL. Also, our girl Christine Manica from KXRB are back with, with our, our picks and a whole lot more. But first... This might be your starting lineup going forward. Here is Ayo Dosubu. Good job on the break to get the first two. Jump the ball. Inbound to Carter, finds himself open, and he Get a hand up on the shooters. We talked about pace, right? The Bucks are always looking to push. Hesitation drive, White two. Just so happy to get drafted. Yeah. There is Kuzmich with the floater. He's got 23 points tonight. Nine-man rotation. Caruso the steal. And he's going to run clock. Find Williams. Patrick. 
All right, and this highlights their reports from NBC Sports Chicago with an, you know, the Bulls with an impressive win over the Bucks. You know, no Demar, no Zach. They were nursing various injuries, but the Bulls, you know, have you know pulled off the big. I would say, well, I wouldn't say big upset, but the concern if they didn't have two of their top guys on, you know, on the floor. Uh, yes, last night I should say they were able to pull off the upset and. I, I think, you know, I think this is sort of one of those things where you're like, we've heard all the various rumors um, and, and whatnot, but, you know, the Bulls actually showed something that, you know, we hadn't seen all year you know, with their 123, 121-13 win, oh, overtime win over the uh, the Bucks. Uh, you know, the guys, guys stepped up. I mean, you got to give a little bit of credit. You know, Vucevic had uh, 29 points leading the way there. Uh, you know, Kobe White with his best game of the season, his season high 23. Alex Caruso, you know, sort of the glue that kind of have kept, kept this bull together for the most part, had 14 points, made a couple of big steals late in the game. And you know, they showed that they had five wheel, they were down early, but they were able to kind of come, you know, they, you know, they you know, it was kind of back and forth. I don't think, I think Milwaukee probably saw we were all the discord, the core of the bulls, and probably assumed that they thought oh, it was going to be an easy game. Not so fast as the rest of the, uh, that Bulls squad. So, uh, Sid, what did you think about that game last night? Yeah, Milwaukee played like it in the first half last night in terms of um, doing their walk in the park dance. And, of course, uh, I think it's the first time this season that the United Center was full. I'm talking about every seat in the house was was filled because of Giannis Antetokounmpo and Damian Lillard. But as far as Milwaukee's play was concerned, like you said, it looked like they were walking through the park in that first half because of no Zach Levine, no DeMar DeRosa. But the Bulls played a 48-minute game, or no, 53 uh, with, with the overtime. But they played together. They shared the ball, and they had a no-nonsense effort from start to finish. And, and, it, and it's, displayed them, uh, it's displayed right on that floor last night. Ayo Dusumu played great last night. Let's not forget Nikolai Vucevic was actually involved in the offense. He had 29 points. Patrick Williams, as we uh, heard and saw in those highlights, he was very aggressive last night. Uh, I was concerned that he only had zero rebounds, two rebounds, excuse me, but uh, his offensive game has been coming on. We talked about it on, on our last couple of shows. Uh, hopefully he's finally we started to see a turn in a positive manner. But, Ken, I don't know if you caught – uh, Adam Amin's comments on the, on the broadcast last night, but I believe after that first dunk, uh, he said to Stacey King, that's the most emotions that I've seen out of Patrick Williams in two and a half years. And uh, I'm not saying I'm not a big emotional guy, but I don't care how you play, just as long as you put that energy into your game and the rest will show itself. So I thought Patrick Williams had a, a, a nice game last night. And I know the stats, uh, the stat, his final stat line may fool you, but I thought he's very aggressive last night. And it was overall team win for the Bulls. 32 team assists. When you share the ball, you win more games. And also the Bulls shot 35% from three-point range, which is, which is a very good average for them. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting to see, you know, that 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 fight that Bulls got that the Bulls got. Even when you know, the the Bucks you know, went up, you thought that that was kind of it for for them, but you know, they were able to, you know, they came back and ended up, you know, hide it thanks to Caruso's uh jumper, and then they come back you know, and end up winning it all in overtime, you know, pulling away. So I think for me, this is a very solid win for the Bulls, probably their best of the season. I mean, you know, rumors, mm -hmm. we talked about the rumors, we're not going to keep doing it. You know, we talked about it ad nauseum already, and I, I feel like, you know, it's going to be interesting to see what's going to happen with the, you know, the rest of the season. But I, I think for me, look, I think you just got to take it one game at a time. You know, Zach's going to be out a week with that foot injury. We'll see if DeMario comes back. 
you know, in the next game or two. But yeah, I think this is sort of like the lineup that the Bulls, you know, should kind of go with, at least for the next couple of games. I mean, you, they were able to take advantage of some of the, the, the some of the, the shots that, you know, Yaz only took one three pointer. I know Chris Milton struggled a little bit from three. You know, Brooke Lopez actually, you know, kept the the, the, the Bucks in it. You know, Dame kind of had his, as you know, he loves playing the Bulls, but he'll end up scoring 18. So, mm-hmm. so they were able to, he was, they were able to tame him for a little bit. So, uh, yeah, I think for me, this is sort of a good team win. I mean, 6 and 14, I mean, there's nothing to write home about after 20 games. But the best you can do is just say, hopefully, that maybe they'll can keep showing this fight, you know, from, you know, these next couple of games. You're listening to Second City Sports on the Hashtag Football Friday edition, our first show for the month of December, right here on Sports on Chicago. Sid Lakina hanging out here with you, talking about the Bulls and the NBA. The Bulls get an important win on Thursday night, beating the Milwaukee Bucks 120 to 113 in overtime to improve their record to 6 and 14 on the season. Lakina, on the flip side for the Milwaukee Bucks, you mentioned Damian Lillard. Uh, he struggled shooting from three last night, even though he shot well overall from the field. It was Giannis. Antetokounmpo, they kept that, they kept that team in check in terms of keeping them in the game. And don't forget about Malik Beasley, especially when the Bulls were leading by seven with less than 90 seconds to go. He brought Milwaukee back to basically force that game into overtime. He had 19 total points on the night, 5 of 15 for three-point range. But uh, you had some of the other guys from Milwaukee step up as well. Uh, you mentioned with Brooke Lopez. I, I heard this uh, statistic last night on the – NBC Sports broadcast, uh, Adam Amin said, with Brooke Lopez during his first eight years of his career, he was only three of 31 from three-point range. He has taken and made over – he has made over 800 threes throughout the remainder of his career. That is just astonishing. <laughs> yeah, and we'll – well, yeah, that's pretty you know, good that he's still playing. We know that uh, Robin, you know, of course, played here for a little bit. So uh, mm-hmm. that was, uh, you know, that was actually a nice stat, you know, that, that you know, kind of crazy that that's sort of like his thing. But when they needed the most, you know, those three-point range, he wasn't able to get it for him. So that kind of, you know, he didn't get make the shots that they needed too late. So, yeah, I think for me, like I said, a great overall team went for the Bulls. They play the Pelicans tomorrow night. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that maybe, you know, that this could be a start of something. I'm not saying they're going to go into a run and win like 10 in a row. But at the very least, you know, keep showing this fight that they showed, you know, beating your, your division rivals, you know, one of the, have one of the best runners in the East. That could only help with your psyche. Yeah, the problem with this Bulls team definitely this year, it, was, it started to show last year, and it's definitely hit rock bottom this year. This Bulls team is very – Consistently, excuse me, consistently inconsistent. What we mean by this, like Lakina said, you give out this great effort, you come up short, but you have a couple of bad games in a row, you go back into a rut again. Last night was a perfect example without your two main stars. You put up this great effort against one of the best teams in the NBA. You come out there with a, a big win at home. Now you have another home game on Saturday night against the New Orleans Pelicans, Zion Williamson and crew. Can you put up forth, uh, put up forth, that same effort again, and that's uh, that's what fans, Bulls fans, expect, and rightfully so. Can can this team continue to be consistent, but going in the other direction, going on the way up? And I'm I'm with you. I'm not saying they're gonna go on this amazing run and they're gonna shock everybody, and the trade talks will be quote unquote held off. But can this Bulls team start showing some consistency, uh, going into the right direction when it actually can pile up some wins here? Let's just see what, what happens there. Uh, let's talk about the rest of the NBA real quick before we go to break. Uh, we'll start with some uh, games from last night, Thursday. Uh, Shaka's Alex, Alexander had 33 as 
Uh, the Thunder uh, beat the Lakers 133-110. Not really, you know, the best showing for them. But, look, we've seen the Thunder. The Thunder's got one of the best records in the West, so and, and even in the league. So they, 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 you know, they've kind of – and shy, you know, Gilgis Alexander is, is one of the reasons why. Um, on the flip side, though, for the Lakers, unfortunately uh, – well, AD did have 31. Um, you know, LeBron had 21. He's already said that he's going to take some games off to watch his son play. Well, we'll talk about the labor of their girl, Christine. But uh, just not a not a, a good showing for the Lakers last night outside of the two of them. Um, D'Angelo Russell, I mean, he had 16, but he could have done more. I know Austin, Austin Reeves didn't play. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, this – well, he came off the bench, but he kind of struggled. He had 23 off the bench. You know, I guess – I guess uh, well, he had 14 off the bench, I should say, but he you know, could have struck done a little bit more from three. He only had he – ha- he didn't score anything. So it was outside, outside of uh, AD and LeBron. That's really what kind of killed the Lakers. Yeah, don't forget about Christian Wood. Only seven points, I believe, only two rebounds. That's not going to get it done. And I told you before the season started, he's going to be one of the important pieces of how will this, uh, how this Lakers team will be formed, and how far can the Lakers go following Anthony Davis and LeBron James? And he's been up and down that best this year, so hopefully he, he can start uh, picking it up. The Lakers so far. Uh, uh, this week on their uh, road trip, losing two out of three games. I know we'll break it down more following this timeout, but the only team they could they beat so far is Detroit. And that showing in Philadelphia the other night, I'm not going to overreact because sometimes that does happen in a long season, but losing by 44, that's points uh, at Philadelphia on Monday. Uh, that's the largest uh, defeat uh, in terms of large point margin in LeBron James's career. Yeah, that's we'll we'll talk more about that. I mean, I'm not gonna be a press a panic button, but I think losing mm-hmm. to a, I mean, four. I mean, they they shot the ball well from uh from all over. I'm talking about the Sixers did during that game. So I, I saw that performance. I saw a little bit of the highlights, and I can kind of like you know they lost by 44. And, and you know I, I I'm I'm not like too, you know I'm not gonna like you know, press a panic button. I mean they were just shooting the ball. I said I was talking about Philadelphia. I mean they shot almost like like 48 percent from three. They, they, you know, remember they shoot their threes. You know, their you know, Joel B was you know shooting lights out. Uh, they got college shooters from everybody on you know the bench. So yeah, it was. I mean, I, I can't. It was. I look at. I look at this as more like Philadelphia just shot the ball well, especially from three point range. Tyrese Maxey had 31 and was nine for 20 for. Uh, was I mean nine for five for 12, I should say from three point range. So that that kind of propelled them in that front. They just couldn't. They just couldn't stop them from the three point range. Yeah, like I said before, sometimes you're just going to have one of those nights on, on opposite ends. Uh, for the Lakers, uh, they just ran into a buzzsaw, as you mentioned, with Philadelphia uh, shooting the ball very well sometimes. We're going to Philadelphia side. You're going to have one of those nights that everything goes in, and, and it happens. And will you have one of those nights consistently for the entire year? No. But, you know, when you had that opportunity to, quote, unquote, catch fire, you better do it. And that's what Philadelphia did on Monday. All right, with a really quick break, of course, we're going to talk some more NBA this week. Uh, we'll talk about Detroit and uh, and that they've been not been very good. See, see, because see, always, see, they're always worse than you are, all you Bulls fans. So uh, make sure you guys also do some uh, great performance. Like I said, we'll talk about Philly's good week and a whole lot more. Also, too, of course, championship Saturday and college football. As could there be some chaos coming up on you know, tonight and tomorrow? We'll see. Lakina McGee, City Bell, second season sports of Sports of Chicago. More NBA and college football talk coming up right after this. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. 
These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks, they can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things, none of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration. Hey, this is Dr. J, and I listen to Sean and Maya in the morning. Welcome back to Second City Sports on the hashtag Football Friday edition. We're live in Living Color right here on Sports Zone Chicago. I'm Sid. That's Lakina. You can follow your Shirley on the Twitter, X and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S I D K I D A zero. That's S I D K I D A zero. You can follow my Kina McGee on the Twitter, X and Kina's going to get the IG. We have less than 85 minutes left of this extravagance we call it Sports Talk Radio Show. So if you have any comments or questions for us, you can find us at Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or at Sports on Chicago on YouTube. Type in those questions or comments in the comment section. Lakina will get them up on the screen for you. 
Real quickly, Keen, I know this is kind of unprofessional, but remind me to talk about the Chicago uh, parking ban with our girl Christine, the queen, in our next hour. Because I saw something very interesting. You know, I, I want to discuss that with the three of us. So oh. we'll make a footnote of that. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, because it's the first, and of course, the other parking. <laughs> That's hilarious. I don't, yeah. know, I don't know if they got anything, anything similar over there, over in, uh, in South Dakota where she's at, but. Uh... Yeah, it'll be such a scene to talk about there. But uh, let's yeah. go back. Yeah, let's go back and talk some NBA. The rest of the NBA now. Minnesota, um, they've got the best. They had the best one. You know, the best record ever by a Minnesota base. Uh, well, outside of the Vikings, you know, that's uh, the Minnesota Wild. I know the, the Wild. I think were like I think twelve and three a couple of years ago, or twelve two and two. I think I should say a couple of years ago during that span. And of course, I think that back then they were the Minneapolis Lakers. They had a better record than that, but they finished thirteen and two. Uh, in November, and you know, you got to look at you know, look, Carl Anthony Towns, of course. We talked about Anthony Edwards, so they've got the best record or one of the best records in the West, and they've done the NBA. So, I think a lot of people may not know that, but uh, yeah, what do you think about uh, Minnesota? What a great month that they had. Uh, you, as you mentioned, we talked about it before the season started, Lakina Carl Anthony Towns, he was injured last year, and that team barely <clears throat> squeaked into the playoffs before. Humbly bowing out in the first round to the now defending world champion, different Nuggets. But Carl Anthony Towns must stay healthy. Rudy Gobert must stay healthy as well, play well defensively and stop getting to skirmishes with teammates, i.e. last year. So uh, hopefully he's on his best behavior. But you talk about Anthony Edwards looking, and we saw his coming out party, no pun intended, a couple of years ago in a playoff series against Memphis. He played in the FIBA World Cup over the summer, and that what he did over there is carried on to what he's done this season. I'll be I'll be shocked if he wasn't an all-star this year. And I remember our now late great friend Lamont Scott, who asked us the question a couple of years ago, could he could Anthony Edwards be a potential candidate for MVP? If Minnesota keeps this up, his name's gonna be right up there. And I think Chris Finch is definitely going to be out there with, uh, especially to keep it up for uh, Coach of the Year honors. He's done a great job, especially with all mm -hmm. the weird stuff that happened like off the off the court and stuff. He's been able to kind of tame all that. So and I know that that's not easy for him. But yeah, at, at the very least, I think you know Minnesota. Like I said, I don't know if they're going to end up having the best record. You know, by the time you know the season's over with, but still a long ways to go. But I, I think at least right now. You know, they're definitely well, – we'll see if they're here to stay. But, uh, yeah, I really like, like how Minnesota's playing right now. And, uh, you know, well, we talked about Philadelphia. Of course, you know, they, they dominated the Lakers. We'll see if Philadelphia – look, they, you know, they lost to the Pelicans, unfortunately, on Wednesday. I think they took it out on the Lakers because they lost to the, lost to the Pelicans. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like where they're at right now. Like I said, I mean, you know, there needs to be more. Look, at Bean needs some help, you know, of course, you know, with Maxie and Harris – all those guys need to step up and may, they may have to pull a trade in the trade line in a couple of months to kind of get that extra guy to kind of help out and bead. So for me, I think Philadelphia is sort of, you know, they, they play Boston tonight, which that's, that's going to be a, a big one there. Yeah. Where do you think, you know, Boston is it? I mean, uh, Philadelphia is at this point. Yeah. As we expected, they're going to be right up there fighting for the top spot in the East with Milwaukee and Boston. And like you said, Joel Embiid has to stay healthy. He's your defending MVP from a year ago. We talked about the growth of Tyrese Maxey over the last couple of years. Uh, who's going to be that third wheel? Will it be Tobias Harris? Will it be some of the uh, other guys that you don't expect from, from that roster? So uh, it's going to be interesting to see uh, what Philadelphia does. And like you said, the trade deadline, could it be Zach Levine? Could it be somebody else that we're not talking about that Philadelphia can make a move for? We'll see. But right now, as long as Joel MB stays healthy, the Sixers always will have a chance. 
well, okay, what else? I, what else? I'll, I'll, I'll get the floor to you. What, what else? Who else kind of like has to go you know, in this young season so far? You know, that's where we're like about a little over a month in. Well, I'm going to give props to uh, the New York Knicks starting point guard, as I said, who should have been an all-star last year. He may get his chance this year, and that's Jalen Brunson. On Thursday, he scored a, a season-high 42 points as the Knicks beat the the hapless Detroit Pistons 118-112 to 112 at MSG. Uh, Lakina looks like the Knicks are starting to turn around a little bit. Now they have a record of 11-7. Jalen Brunson is starting to play good ball. Julius Randle, he's starting to pick it up as well. I think the Knicks, uh, I think their expectations realistically for this year is to win 50 games. I know they won 47 last year. I know the entries caught up to them in the playoffs last year, but uh, it's going to come down to to their health, and and it all starts and ends with Jalen Brunson. I like the way he's been playing. Also, too, I think Julius Harrison's been up and down. He needs to be a little bit more consistent. I know that uh, a lot of Knicks fans want Brunson to step it up, too. So mm-hmm. I'm thinking that maybe, you know, we'll see, especially if Harris, I mean, if Randall can, you know, kind of get it going. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what, what happens with this. I mean, I think Brunson could be kind of like the guy that kind of like sort of like the may have to take the team on his back a little bit mm-hmm. when Randall's not, you know, when he gets hurt or whatever. So I think for me, I think that's going to be the key here is, you know, if Brunson, if also, too, you got, you know, Julius Randall has to be more consistent. So mm-hmm. I think that's another thing uh, there. Now, Golden State got a, a big win against the Clippers last night. Uh, Steph had a uh, 26, which is kind of like a minuscule for him at best. I don't think you know, he, he probably wouldn't mind too much about that. But at the very least, I think with uh, with the Warriors, I mean, this is something that they really needed this win because these are two teams that have been very disappointing uh, this year. And um, we we talked about that should Golden State, you know, should Golden State fans be a little bit, you know, nervous. But I think at this point, you know, once we get every closer closer to Christmas, we'll see if they can get it going. Yeah, Chris Paul has actually been the anchor of uh, of the Warriors team, especially coming off the bench. And if you paid attention closely, him and Steph really played very well together when they were on the court at the same time. We'll talk about Draymond Green's uh, uh, collapse uh, against Sacramento in just a minute, what happened on Tuesday in that playing tournament game. But uh, last night, he he stepped it up. Clay Thompson, you know, he's the second leader scorer on the team. I know Andrew Wiggins is having a down year, but as we said before, once this team starts to uh, get some, uh, starts to gel together and get some consistency, consistency, and hopefully not have any more injuries, uh, this team will will be okay. Now, are they a championship team? No, but are they still a good team? Yes, uh, when healthy. On the flip side, though, for the Clippers, the Harden starting to get it together, get it going a little bit. He was five for ten from the three point range. Uh, had 18, so he's starting to kind of get it going there. Unfortunately, on the flip side, PG was only three for 10 um, from three. And uh, the, the supporting cast for the Clippers um, have not been – well, I mean, with the exception of a couple, I know Russell Russell's been okay coming out the bench. You know, I know Daniel Dice, who I wish was still in the Bulls uniform. That's a whole different conversation. Has, yeah. been, doing, <laughs> has been doing pretty well, uh, too, for the Clippers. But other than that, they really haven't had a lot of uh, – Contributions from other guys, so they're eight and ten as we're recording this, and uh, I know Clippers fans are getting a little bit restless. Yeah, they're looking to be two games out of five hundred, but once everybody starts to get healthy and to get used to each other, I think they'll they'll be okay. So head coach uh, Teron Liu uh, has a challenge on his hands right now. He knew that going into the season, so I think the Clippers will still be okay. I thought they were still the game in Golden State last night because remember they ended the first half on a great run. Actually, started off the second half good, but the Warriors traditionally. Uh, with those third quarter runs can bury teams, and that's exactly what happened last night. 
Yeah, they did. And we know that once they once they get hot shooting, the Warriors do. I mean, they're 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 tough to beat, and then of course the Clippers learned that um, yesterday. Now, uh, as for look, I know Bulls fans are are myth about their team, but hey, look, at least, at least you're not the Pistons. Uh, they go over. <laughs> they go over. They've now lost fifteen streets. And each game they scored 100 points. That is tied for the longest streak in NBA history with only the 89-90 uh, Magic and the 1967-1968 uh, San, San Diego Rockets, not the Houston Rockets. It's before they mm-hmm. moved to Houston. They were both in their first seasons. I don't, I don't know what's going up in Detroit, but uh, they just haven't been very lucky in some of these games. Yeah, I know new head coach Monty Williams got, got the bag to go to Detroit. Uh, he knew he what he was getting himself into, but uh, you look at some of the talent on the roster with your guy Cade Cunningham, who missed all of last year. He had uh, Jaden, uh, the the, uh, the guy Jaden Ivy, thank you uh, from Purdue in, in his second year. Uh, you still have have some pieces here and there, but it just hasn't come together yet. And we'll see what Pistons management will do uh, once this season concludes. So, uh, you. Uh, they, I think they will be good in about two or three years, but it, it's just for some reason it just hasn't happened. And it's not like you said you you, you mentioned some of the players that they that they have on there. It's not like they don't have guys. It's just they just haven't mm-hmm. been able to play it together yet. And you know, look to Monty Williams' credit. Hopefully, you know they got Killian Hayes also too. So uh, he's been you know kind of up and down as well. So they just have to have to have been able to put it together. So uh, hopefully they can. You know, I think you know Detroit. You know they're two and seventeen as we're recording this. So. Uh, yeah, pretty brutal uh, right now after going two and two, especially you know after after that win against the Bulls in their first meeting. So uh, just not very good. So any other? In, well, let's talk about the Draymond stuff for a second, if you, if mm-hmm. you guys remember. Uh, this is after the team. This is during the TNT game, and uh, Keith Smith had uh, some interesting things to say about uh, Mr. Green. He's basically saying that you know, well, Draymond made made some comments on his po- podcast, of course, as usual. Um, he, you know, of course, you know, Kenny said that, well, you know, he's in his thirties now. He shouldn't be acting like a brat or whatever. Well, I'm, I'm paraphrasing what Kenny said, but, uh, I'm sure Draymond didn't take too kindly to those comments. So Weston, what did you think? <laughs> well, this Draymond Green being Draymond Green staying in care of the Nets was helped him throughout his whole career. And I get where Kenny Smith is coming from. Uh, when you reach a certain age, you, you're supposed to mature, but, you know, just like in life, not everybody matures at the same rate as you are on a personal level. I get where Kenny Smith is coming from, and I get where Draymond Green is coming from, but, you know, at, at the same time, Draymond must take a step back and, and realize that uh, his actions, especially on Tuesday, uh, really cost the Golden State Warriors that game. Against Sacramento, and you notice after that technical foul, we're talking about the game yeah. on Tuesday. Uh, Tuesday Sacramento yeah. started to uh, come back into the game, and they actually won the game. Mm-hmm. So, Draymond Green's been doing this for a long time, but it looks like his actions are starting to catch up with them. He got away with it in the playoffs a couple of years ago when they beat Boston in the finals. You saw it last year against the Kings in that first round. You know they won that series, but some of the stuff that he's been known for throughout his career. People are not taking too kind of it. It's more and more people getting against them and starting to say, hey, you know, you got to chill out with that. So you can still play hard with the intensity and be smart, but some of the extra stuff, you know, and people are not going for it anymore. We talked about a couple of weeks ago what happened between him and Donovan Mitchell. I remember, so, yeah, I he has a long uh, rap sheet list there. It's like, you know, enough is enough. Yeah, I remember when he was in Michigan State, he really wasn't, you know, he was, yeah, he was kind of like, he was very, you know, colorful and stuff, but, mm-hmm. you know, Tom Izzo was able, actually able to tame him, so, 
even he said, look, I don't know what happened, but uh, I, I mean, look, I, you, know, you hope that maybe he can kind of like at least tame it so that he can kind of, if he wants to kind of, you know, if they want to win another championship, talk, talk about the Warriors, especially with that core still together. I think he's going to have to maybe get together a little bit, but again, we'll see what happens there. And as we get into the, uh, this weekend's games, as we're going to December, Washington and Orlando at six o'clock. Then you got the Sixers. It's the first game that ESPN Friday night doubleheader against Boston. That should be a fun one. Uh, they both split their defective series this year already. Uh, the, the Knicks at Toronto, Memphis and Dallas. That should be an interesting one. Uh, San Antonio and the Pelicans. And the Nuggets and and the Suns. That should, that should be a fun one there at 9 o'clock on ESPN, that second half, that doubleheader. All right, tomorrow, Saturday, uh, the Bulls, as we mentioned, they'll host the New Orleans Pelicans at the United Center. And that's a 7 o'clock start. Uh, a Saturday afternoon matinee, I'll definitely be watching this one live via this computer screen. There's the Golden State Warriors against the Los Angeles Clippers in a rematch from last night. Hopefully the Clippers have learned their lesson. We'll see about that. Minnesota's at Charlotte for a, a late Saturday afternoon game. The rest of the schedule looks like this. Orlando at Brooklyn. Uh, Iron Eagle's son, uh, Noah Eagle, Eagle, will be calling this game for the Yes Network. So his son will be calling the game. So uh, good luck to him on that. I know you interviewed him a couple of years ago. Uh, Cleveland is at Detroit. Indiana's at Miami. Atlanta's at Milwaukee. OKC is at Dallas to take on the Mavericks. And the Memphis Grizzlies will travel to Phoenix to take on the Suns. The Portland Trailblazers will travel to Utah to take on the Jazz. Nuggets at the Kings, that's a Saturday night TV game. And the Rockets will host the Lakers. And no, there's no NBA games on Sunday. And that's your schedule for this weekend in NBA. And uh, that Miami-Indiana game, I would say take the over. Because <laughs> they've had pretty high-scoring uh, matchups there the first couple times they played this year. So uh, mm-hmm. I guess you can take the over on, <laughs> on that game tomorrow. That's our free uh, bad advice for the day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little friendly uh, PSA there for you. That's just a weekend schedule in the NBA. Ashley, the second season sports. I'm sports with Scott Lake, McGee, Sydney Brown with you. Now let's go to the college gridiron for a little bit here, Sid. As championship Saturday commences, well, well, championship weekend, I should say, because Oregon uh, and Washington face each other tonight, Friday on ABC. That's the Pac-12 championship uh, at 7 o'clock. So, uh, Sid, who do you think wins this game? Why and uh, how much of this big implications for uh, for the playoff? Yes, yeah, so it's on the neutral side at Allegiant Stadium in Las Vegas, Nevada, home of this year's Super Bowl 57, by the way. Uh, Oregon's favored by nine points. Yeah, I've been saying the last few weeks that – if Washington wins this game, they should be in the college football playoff. I know they beat Oregon in their backyard earlier in the season, but it's going to come down to first the quarterbacks, Bo Nix for Oregon and Michael Penix Jr. for Washington. Both those guys are up for the Heisman Trophy. So I think we're going to have a classic shootout. The over on the total Lakina, if you're a betting person, is 65 and a half. I would take the over. Ding. But let's not forget about the other factors of, of for. And for Oregon, uh, Bucky Irving has 10 rushing touchdowns on the year. I think he's, he's going to have a big game. And also, too, Troy Franklin. No one's talking about him. They're still wide receiver. He has 14 receiver touchdowns on the year. So he could he's due for a, a breakout performance as well. For, for Washington, just like they did in their meeting earlier this year, can force Bo Nix into a couple of turnovers. And can you get to him via the sacks? If you, I, I believe you sack him more than two times. You're going to win this game. If you're not, it's going to be a it's going to be a long night. The Washington Huskies defense, especially their front four, has to step up big time tonight. I mean, it's going to be interesting because you know that 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 first meeting, um, 
I mean, that first meeting in, uh, in Oregon, I mean, I, I kind of feel like Oregon left a lot of points on the board. So I think mm-hmm. that that's really what kind of killed them later in the season. And Oregon's been playing much better. Washington's kind of had to slug it out of their last couple of games, the last few games after that of uh, Oregon meeting. So this really is one of those toss-up games. I think, I think for me, it's, it's really going to be whose defense could step up. We know Washington's defense, yeah, they've given up some big plays, but they can make the, make the big plays when they need to. Same thing, well, Oregon's a little bit more consistent. You know, who's going to get to the quarterback first? Who's going to attain that offense first? So I think for me, that's gonna really going to be the big key here. And like I said, I think whoever wins this will get in. Uh, to the playoff, I, I really believe that's that's what's going to happen. So, uh, yeah, that should mm-hmm. be a fun one. Also, the Conference USA Championship should be a good one here. you got New Mexico State and Liberty. That's at 6 o'clock on uh, CBS Sports Network. And going into Saturday, tomorrow, you got the Big 12 Championship. you got number 18, Oklahoma State, against uh, Texas. And uh, Texas actually, you know, Oklahoma State actually uh, played Texas close in their first meeting. So, uh, Sid, where, did you, where do you see this matchup? I think this is a bigger game for Texas, and here's why. Because their defense has been struggling the last few weeks, and while their offense uh, has been uh, been uh, above average at bets. I, I expect uh, Texas star wide receiver Xavier Worthy to have a big game. I know he has five receiving touchdowns on the year. He is, he's ex- I expect him to have a, a breakout performance. Uh, Ali Gordon II, the running back from the Oklahoma State Cowboys, he has 20 rushing touchdowns on the year. It's going to be up to that Texas defense to slow him down because I think if they slow him down, they can cruise to this victory. But uh, it, it's going to be a challenge for Texas. I think not too many people – have been on the Oklahoma State bandwagon. Uh, I'm one of them. I don't hate them, but just that no one uh, took Oklahoma State seriously. But I think for Texas, even though I think they still have an outside shot to get into that college football playoff, it's in their backyard in Arlington, Texas at Jerry's World. It's going to be a bigger game for Texas. All that pressure is going to be more fans for them than for Oklahoma State. Uh, let's see if they can handle it. But uh, Texas has more to prove, in my opinion, especially defensively. Yeah, they're fifty. Yeah, I would say it's gonna be like fifty-five and uh, forty-five uh, Texas fans. I mean, it's not that far from uh, Oklahoma State's campus, so mm-hmm. there are gonna be you know, there are gonna be people there from Oklahoma State uh, cheering for uh, for their Cowboys. And I think for me, if you're Texas, um, look, a lot's happened in front of you to have a shot to perhaps getting into the playoff. But I think they can if they have a dominating performance against uh, OK State. So I'm not too worried about this matchup for them. It's gonna be interesting to see what. You know how the defense does because you know Gordon the third. I mean Gordon second. I should say he's probably one of the best rushing uh, running backs in the country. So that's gonna they're gonna have to slow him down to give you know to mm-hmm. kind of because he's because he's recently the, the best shot of winners about Oklahoma State. You know have him you know chuck it out down the field and keep uh you know Texas uh, offense off. So that's gonna be really gonna be the key here in this game. Uh, match championship at 11 a.m. Uh, same time ESPN you got Miami of Ohio and Toledo. The Mountain West Championship, you got uh, Boise State and UNLV on the Big Fox Network. Um, Georgia and Alabama on CBS SST uh, Championship in Atlanta. So I think for me, it's sort of the same thing here. I think you know, Georgia wins. They're in. Alabama needed uh, on a miracle 4th well, and 31 near the goal line uh, to <laughs> win that game against uh, Auburn, I should say, in the Iron Bowl. Georgia, they look. They've had their their struggles too. You know, they they kind of had to slug it out too. So if they can t- tame Jalen Monroe, that talk about that 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 uh, Georgia defense, and they can dominate in the trenches on the offensive side. It's gonna be interesting to see how they do against that defense of Alabama. So it's could it could be one of those very close games. It could down to who gets the ball, who has the ball last. I think. Also, too, it's going to come down to the running games, I believe, for both teams as well. You look at Alabama star running back Jace McClellan. He has six 
rushing touchdowns on the year. I think he's going to be key as well to take pressure off of uh, Jalen Monroe like he did early in the season when Jalen Monroe was trying to uh, get all the, the snaps underneath him. On the flip side, Carson Beck, Lakina, uh, many people say that he's one of the best uh, top, the second tier top quarterbacks in the country. He's going to have to prove it now. 22 touchdowns and six interceptions to go, on, go along with it for the year. George has been dominant offensively these last few weeks. I think he's going to have a, a he needs to have a big game of, for for Georgia to win. I I think it's going to be kind of sort of close, but I think Georgia is going to pull away at the end. Yeah, it's not going to be a 30 point blowout, I don't think, but I think Georgia is going to do enough, have a couple of big plays defensively to win at the end. Could be interesting to see what happens uh, in this game. Could be one of those classic ones like it usually is down there mm -hmm. in Atlanta. Um, the American Championship, you got SMU and Tulsa. That should be a fun one. Uh, uh, Tulsa uh, is 11-1, but uh, SMU's you know, been really solid at 10-2, you know, so that should be a fun one there. The Sun, that, that's a 3 o'clock after the Big 12 Championship on ABC. Appalachian State and Troy for the Sun Belt uh, at 3 o'clock on ESPN. Uh, Michigan, Michigan, and uh, Iowa on Fox. That's a big, you know, that's the sale, the big Big Ten championship game in Indianapolis at Lucas Oil Stadium. Um, I think for me, look, Iowa's defense actually been really good. So I think, look, if they, they got to, you know, slow down uh, Blake Corm, uh, Donovan Edwards, and the rest of that, uh, that Michigan offense for you know, JJ McCarthy to make some turnovers. If they can do mm -hmm. that, they have a shot. But that offense from Iowa, yuck. so uh, yeah. <laughs> Especially now that Jim Harbaugh, well, no, no, look, look, we, look, we talked about it the last few weeks. Uh, especially now that Jim Bar Harbaugh's back, you know, on the sidelines, they're on a mission. I think that, I think that defense is really gonna, you know, give it to that Iowa uh, offense. And uh, if they can, you know, if they can get their points on offense, I'm talking about Michigan, they can kind of put this game away pretty quick. Yeah, and I think you should mention Jim Harbaugh being back on the sidelines, maybe his last days as a Michigan head coach. We'll talk about that next hour. But as far as this game is concerned, uh, Michigan uh, held off Ohio State last week, and I told you what was going to happen. It ended up happening. So I think they're going to carry that momentum. Plus, uh, with Harbaugh being back on the sidelines, I think that they're going to dominate Iowa. J.G. McCarthy, I think he's going to have a, a breakout game. We usually mentioned Blake Quorum. If he can uh, score a couple of touchdowns or, or with a, going along with 100 yards, plus yards rushing, I think Michigan would be okay. But it's really going to come down – to Michigan's defense, uh, can they really uh, set that tone early on, on Iowa's offense? Could be, interesting, could be an interesting game here. Uh, a good, an interesting game here for the AC title. You got uh, Florida State um, against uh, Louisville, and for me, Florida State, you know, no, jo no Jordan Travis. Oh, this could be at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte, and I, I think for me, if they don't dominate Louisville. Even if they win, I think they don't get into the playoff. I think a, I, I really think this is not a, as simple as a win in their end scenario. I think if they don't dominate Louisville, I know Louisville had that that loss against Kentucky last week in the rivalry uh week, but uh, I think if Florida State doesn't dominate Louisville, I, I think that that's about it for them. I think the it's going to be I mean. there. I think it's going to be very tough, Lakina. Obviously, if, if the Seminoles lose, uh, they're they're out the playoff. But for Louisville. Uh, Jake, not Jake Plummer, Jack Plummer. Oh, Jack Plummer. damn it, I did it. But uh, he's having a phenomenal year, 21 touchdown passes with 11 interceptions. But watch out for Jawar Jordan there, Louisville star running back. He has 13 rushing touchdowns on the year. And Jamari Thrash, he has six receiving touchdowns on the year. If Louisville's going to pull off the upset, they're going to have to start with those last two guys that I mentioned. And hopefully they'll have uh, hot starts.
Yeah, I'm a little worried about that uh, Florida State offense, you know, with them with no Travis. So yeah, that's going to be the thing here. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it should be uh, should be an interesting uh, uh, game here. But uh, uh, that game, like I said, that game is the nightcap on uh, ABC at seven o'clock, and that is uh, champion your uh, schedule for championship weekend in college football. Stay tuned for more sports and more fun as Second City Sports hashtag Football Friday continues with her power from It's the Bigs. And our girl, Christine the Queen Manica from KXRB in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. You're listening to Sports Zone Chicago. in my lane? No, not at all. Are you not paying attention? Are you texting? I was just checking in with my mom. I was telling her that I thought we'd be home by six. It's okay. There's enough time. Just pay attention. I'm not even halfway through my text. There's no way. I'm not even going to look up. My babies are in the car. You have to pay attention. It's just supposed to be a quick text. I'm so sorry. Hi, I'm Tom Brady, the director of DODEA. September is National Suicide Prevention and Awareness Month. The simple act of reaching out and caring for those in our communities is something we all can do. Just being there for someone you care about can be a tremendous first step in getting them access to confidential resources and support that they need. It only takes one person and one small act and one minute to make a difference. Let's make a difference. Welcome back to Alpha Number Two of Second City Sports, real live and in living color, right here on Sports So Chicago, along with Miss Lakina McGee, which is she. I am Sydney Brown. Hey, that's me. You can follow your Shirley on the Twitter X and the IGSK80 
Once again, that's CK80, that's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. You follow my Kenny McGee on the Twitter, X, I can't come again, IG. And we have less than an hour left of this extravagance we call a sports talk radio show. If you have any questions or comments for us, especially for our next guests coming up, you can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page or Sports on Chicago YouTube. Type in those questions and comments in the comments section. Lakino will get them up on the screen for you. And just a daily reminder, you can catch Sports on Chicago now available on Roku TV. All right. And while we're waiting for our buddy Herb Howard from the Bigs, um, you know, let, let's recap uh, the game from last night. Uh, the Seahawks and the Cowboys. Uh, the Cowboys were able to come back and beat the Seahawks uh, 41-35. I, saw, I, I didn't watch the game. I saw the highlights. They were, uh, let's just say, interesting to say the least. Uh, of course, uh, the Seahawks went forward on fourth. They were like four for one, and they, they didn't get it. You know, mm-hmm. Questionable calling there, leaving Micah Parsons uh, unblocked. But that's a, uh, I have a have a bone to pick with them on that one. Now, I might, I might say that for my studs and does coming up next on Monday. But uh, I'm like, <laughs> what do you think about this? Because uh, I know Dak Prescott kind of like, you know, led the way and, you know, you know gave a big you know, comeback. But I know everyone wants to say, well, Dallas is not the one of the best teams in the NFC. And, and I know the Seahawks are, they're okay. They're not great, but I'm still not sold on the Cowboys yet. I mean, I think Dak definitely deserves to be in the MVP discussion, but I'm mm-hmm. still not sold on Dallas just yet. Well, the Dallas defense had a night, got the night off last night, despite Deron <laughs> Bland picking up another interception. Plus, I started them on my fantasy team. They gave me negative three points. I agree with you that uh, Dak Prescott uh, is in the MVP conversation, but uh, as we talked about the last couple weeks with Kena, Dallas schedule schedule gets tougher. They're going to host Philadelphia. I believe it's their next game. Then they go on the road to Buffalo mm-hmm. and Miami. And we'll see if Dak Prescott can can step up when it, when it matters the most uh, in these next coming weeks here. All right. I see our guest is back. Of course, you can read his stuff. Uh, he covers the Bears for uh, the Bigs. Also, too, you can catch him every week on CHGO Bears uh, with Mark Carmen and uh, Adam Hogue. He is the wonderful, one of our good buddies, the man, the myth, the legend, Mr. Herb Howard. Herb, how are you? <laughs> I'm phenomenal. I'm phenomenal. How y'all feeling? Uh, we're doing pretty good. We were hoping not to talk, not to talk Bears this week, but uh, of course we we got you on, so we'll, we'll do it anyway. Uh, how no. crazy was that game against uh, the Vikings on Monday night? Because I think uh, Troy and uh, Joe laughing, I they pretty much sums up for the rest of us. So I wish you think about that game uh, last week. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely an interesting game. I I I enjoyed it a little bit more than, than most people seem to have enjoyed the game. I know it wasn't a lot of points and a lot of you know, high-flying, high-powered offense. But I thought it was a well-played game defensively, lots of turnovers. I found the game to be uh, quite entertaining, even though they weren't, you know, scoring those points, whatever. But I thought that, you know, defensively the Bears continue to take the ball away. Um, offensively, they had a very conservative game plan, trying to combat and deal with the way that Brian Flores brings all those different exotic blitz and trying to get the ball out of Justin's hands quick. And so, I, I mean, I, listen, like we said, not a lot of points, but I, I, I thought it to be – a little bit more entertaining, at least than than, than Troy and Joe uh, found it. But uh, definitely one of those weird games that you don't see very often, where a person wins the game or team wins the game without scoring a touchdown. You brought up Justin Fields, Herb, and uh, um, this was going to be my first question to you. We saw him uh, have some uh, improvements last week in that loss at the at Detroit. He actually learned how mm-hmm. to slide instead of going for extra yards. <laughs> I thought that was great to see, and he started to get the ball out quicker in his hands. I know ESPN's 
put up a stat during the game the other night that he holds the ball longer than any other starting quarterback in the National Football League, holding in that 3.1 seconds. I thought he did some great things on Monday, but uh, I thought, in my opinion, he started to slip into some bad habits here and there. Uh, give us your grade of Justin Fields' performance last Monday night. Yeah, certainly you can't give him too high of a grade when an offense didn't score any touchdowns, um, didn't create many explosive plays. But I thought that he handled the game plan that they wanted to implement pretty well. Um, I think that um, Chase Daniel does a really good job with his quarterback breakdowns. And he did one on Justin Fields from this past Monday night. And just watching all of those throws, there were only three that I would really say where Justin was kind of incorrect. There was one early where he missed DJ Moore on about a 12-yard outcut that he should have thrown the ball. He ended up, you know, scrambling for about three yards and taking a big unnecessary hit. Uh, there was another one, obviously, everybody remembers the one where he missed Mooney dragging across to the left side and just, just fired that ball too high. Mm -hmm. That was a, another one. And then there was one more, uh, actually, right before the big third down to, to DJ at the end of the game on second down, uh, he had an opportunity uh, to make a play to, 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 to Darnell Mooney, and he, and he, and he missed that. So uh, those were the three that kind of stood out. But other than that, I thought he got the ball out of his hands pretty quickly. I thought he was very good in terms of his improvisational skills and trying to extend the play, but not extending the play to automatically run, but extending the play and continue to keep his eyes downfield. He found some outlets, uh, hit Roshan Johnson for a couple of big ones that turned into key first downs for him. He hit Khalil Herbert early. Uh, we saw him face the, the zero blitz, and a seven-man blitz that came to him, and he found Cole Komet on that fourth and ten early in the game as well. So I thought he did a pretty good job considering what the game, plans, game plan was and what they were up against, but you can't give them too high of a mark. Again, they didn't, they only put up you know twelve points. They, they the defense gave them four turnovers, and they only turned that into three points. So uh, certainly nothing to 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 write home about. But I think you can still kind of see uh, the skill set that he has and where he does continue to make some strides. Yeah, I mean it's a little early. You know, do you think that these next few games after, of course, the bye week, you know, is this like a make or break for Fields to say, okay, you know, Bears will have their answer on if he's the guy. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think I think so. I think that they, that's I think that's the goal, and anyway. that's the hope that they can continue to evaluate him over the course of these last six stars to kind of see, you know, is that going to be enough to kind of evaluate him enough to say, okay, are we going to pick up his fifth year rookie option? Are we going to pass on one of these quarterbacks at the top of the draft? Um, and I think that if Justin Fields can continue to just play with some consistency, take care of the football, which he certainly did not do in the fourth quarter against Minnesota. Um, and put his team in position to win, that I think that 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 he'll make a case for himself to be the guy going forward. I think that Justin Fields has a very unique skill set. I, I mean, if, you're, if I were starting a team today in the National Football League, there's only a handful of quarterbacks that I would take over him right now. And that's because of all the tools that he has. Now, does he need to be more consistent? Absolutely. Does you need to kind of unlock some of those tools that he has? Sure, but I don't know that you're going to have – this draft class, everybody talks about, we throw around this generational term a lot. It's generational quarterback, generational quarterback. There aren't many of those. If there were, we wouldn't call them generational, right? So um, this idea that there's going to be two or three coming out in this draft, I don't know that, that, that that's true, right? Like I said, I, I think there's only a handful of quarterbacks that I take in the National Football League if I was building a team uh, over Justin Fields right now. So the idea that, that, that there's quarterbacks in this draft that are going to come out and ascend themselves uh, up into that ranking – uh, of elite quarterbacks in this league, I don't know if that's true. Furthermore, I think that the the, the best-case scenario for the Bears 
would be if Justin Fields is the answer at quarterback. And so I think that they would try to give him every opportunity to prove that he is that. And if so, then they can use all these resources, all the draft capital and salary cap space that they have to fill any one of the litany of other holes they have on this roster. We're hanging out with our guy, Herb Howard, from It's the Bigs Media right here on Second City Sports on the Hashtag Football Friday edition on Sports Zone Chicago City. Lakina, hanging out here with you. Herb, let's stay with their offense. And I said this to Lakina over a year ago, and I'll say it with you now. I think we have a tight end in here in Chicago. His name is Cole Komet. He's second on the mm-hmm. team with five receiving touchdowns, and he's playing on a Pro Bowl-type level. And he's becoming a security blanket for Justin Fields. Talk to us about his performance so far this year. Yeah, I think he's continued to pick up where he left off in the second half of last year. I remember coming into last season, you know, thinking like, okay, is, is Cole Komet good or not? I was kind of tired of hearing about his potential and what he could be and what he should be. And I was like, you know, I want to give him half of the season to determine is this dude good or not. And he started out slow, but right about that midpoint of the season, he kind of turned it on and turned it around. And I think he kept that going for the better half of last season. And he's kind of continued to do that throughout the course of this season. The Bears obviously chose to extend him, gave him a four-year contract uh, to, to keep him around. And so it's nice to see that he continues to develop. And you're right, he has turned into that safety blanket for, for Justin Fields. And any quarterback's best friend is to have a big target in the middle of the field that you can go to, you know, uh, uh, in times of stress, right? When, you, when you're under pressure, but you can find that big tight end in the middle of the field and they can create those mismatches on linebackers, uh, get them up on safeties. And so I think Cole Komet continues to develop. And he's a key part of this offense and whatever they want to do going forward. Let's talk about the defense for a second, Herb, because they've actually been pretty solid lately. I think, you know, Matty Reflus, you know, this is sort of his thing, you know, kind of his hits principle, if you will. Jalen, you know, Jalen Johnson has made some uh, big uh, plays. Jaquan Briscoe, you probably say, is one of the uh, the, the top, uh, you know, corn, uh, safeties in the league category. Made some couple of big plays on Monday. Montez Sweat is, you know, starting to show that he is worthy of that big contract that got. So, how do you think the defense has looked so far? Yeah, I think the defense has continued to improve. I thought they would be kind of the the the, the strong. Uh, unit of this of this team coming into the season, I thought early on the coaches seemed to have it flipped in terms of how they should utilize this defense. And what I mean by that is, for me, it was very obvious early on that the the strength of this defense was the back end. The back seven was the strength mm-hmm. of this defense. For whatever reason, the Bears tried to put the onus on the front four and say, "Hey, you guys get pressure by yourself with just four. We're going to drop seven so we can put all all the help on the back end." When I thought they should have been using their linebackers and and nickels and safeties even to bring pressure to help out the front four because I think on the back end, those guys are talented enough to hold up in man coverage or in single high looks. And I think that once they decided to start to bring more pressures and that coincided with with Matt Eberflus taking over as defensive play call. And you gotta give him you gotta give him some credit for how this defense has continued to improve. And then you gotta give Ryan Post credit for going out and get Montez Sweat because he has been a multiplier on that defensive front. And I think now they've also gotten healthy on the back end. You see Jaquan Brisker and Eddie Jackson starting to stack some games together. And, you know, with Jalen Johnson playing at the Pro Bowl level that he's playing at right now, you're trying to continue to develop those two young guys on the other side. And then Kyler Gordon just continuing to excel at that nickel spot. I think the defense is in a really, really good place. And they've taken the ball away seven times over the last two weeks. And, you know, they're starting to get some consistent pressure on the quarterback. And so I I really like where the defense is right now. And, again, I think you got to give Flew some credit for that. 
Can we give some love to the Bears' run defense, especially with their defensive tackles and Zach Pickens and Gervon Dexter Singer and Justin Jones? Because I know uh, they weren't talked about until last week's uh, game against the Detroit Lions as the Bears' defense is one of the best in stopping the run. Uh, talk to us about those two defensive tackles that I mentioned. And they're, they're really holding their own. As you mentioned, Montez Sweat in the secondary getting all the headlines. But it's really those defensive tackles, in my opinion, is really keeping the opponent's run game at bay. Yeah, I'll talk about those young kids here in a second, but I, I will start with the run defense with, with uh, Billings. Andrew Billings has been the guy in the middle of that defense that has just been that immovable object. And I know he doesn't make a lot of splash plays, but that's not what you're looking for, you know, from your big one technique or nose tackle. He's a guy that's you can't move him off his spot. He plugs up his gap. He keeps those linebackers clean. He allows T.J. Edwards and and, and and Tremaine Edmonds and Jack Sanborn to fly around and make the plays that we see them making. I think that, that Andrew Billings, as much as anybody, has been the key for why they've been able to play so stout against the run. And the Bears, uh, you know, obviously thought the same thing. They gave him a two-year extension um, a few weeks back. And so uh, I would start there. But I, I definitely think it's important to see the continued development of those young guys, Javon Dexter and Zach Pickens. And I think the more they get opportunities, the more they've shown themselves worthy uh, of getting that playing time. Javon Dexter probably should have had his first sack against Minnesota. He couldn't quite finish that, but he continues mm -hmm. to get better. The talk was when he first came out about the slow get off. That seems to be pretty much eradicated now. You see it come back sometimes, but he's pretty much getting off the ball as he should right now. And I think the more playing time they get, the more comfortable they'll become and the more uh, effective they'll be in their roles. And I think it's really, really important down the stretch. We talked about Justin Fields and trying to find out, you know, if he is the answer down the stretch. I think they need to do the same thing with Javon Dexter and Zach Pickens because that remains a hole on this defense in terms of that three technique. Coach Iberflus calls it an engine of this defense. Everybody knows we're going to play this Tampa 2. You need that Tommy Harris, that Warren Sapp type of guy. And I don't know that he's on this roster. It's certainly not Justin Jones. That's not a knock on Justin Jones. It's just mm -hmm. we know who he is and who he is not. He's a good player in this league, but he's not a dynamic, game-changing player that keeps offensive coordinators up at night. And perhaps Javon Dexter or Zach Pickens could be. And so you want to find out exactly what they're capable of over the last you know, five games to find out how much do we need to invest in that position in the offseason via the draft or via, or free agency? That old line, you know, that you know, that that's still giving me a little <laughs> bit of anxiety, Herb. I mean, you know, you know, bad snaps and you know, giving up sacks to fields, him having to everybody's having to run. So uh can the O line only go up from here? They they actually were pretty solid on Monday night for the most part, but uh what do you think, yo, can we can they keep up that consistency? Yeah, I, I like what I like what they have when they're healthy at guard. Um, I like you know having Nate Davis and Tevin Jenkins has played really really well as long as he's been healthy and in the lineup. Uh, obviously, they continue to love how Darnell Wright develops, and I think that I don't know how everybody feels outside of Hallis Hall, but inside Hallis Hall, they really like Braxton Jones, and so I think they like their tackles and their guards. The 2024 center cannot be on this roster right now. I mean, it just you have to find mm -hmm. another center in the middle of that offensive line because until you get that solidified, it allows for breakdowns across the rest of the offensive line. And so you talked about the bad snatch, Lakina. We've seen that all season long, but you also got to deal with that immediate pressure in the face, in your face. And any quarterback will tell you that the pressure up the middle is a lot worse than pressure off the edge. Um, and so you got to be able to figure out how you can solidify that center spot. But if they can find a, a legitimate 
center going into 2024, I think they have a pretty good offensive line. Maybe they use one of those top picks to go and get, you know, what they think may be a couple of elite left tackles coming out of Penn State and coming out of Notre Dame this year. And if they do, that's fine. And you turn Braxton Jones into a swing tackle. But I don't know if they think that's necessary. They really like Braxton Jones, his athleticism, his ability to get out in space. Uh, he fits their system very well. Needs to get stronger and continue to work on his ability to anchor against the bull rush. But I think he's done a lot better at that this year than he did last. And so uh, I think their biggest problem is having the center. And that's a really, really big problem to have. But if they can get that solved, I think this offensive line is in a good place and they're young uh, and should only improve. We're half right home with, with our guy, Herb Power from It's the Bigs Media, talking Bears and NFL right here on Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. Hashtag Football Friday Edition. Say Lakina, hang on here with you. Let's go back to the offense, Herb, and talk about Roshan Johnson. Of course, Deontay Foreman, uh, the main running back for the Bears, is out with an injury right now. Of course, it opens the door for Roshan and for Khalil Herbert. Uh, what do you see from uh, Roshan Johnson from the rest of the year? Are we going to finally see him get more opportunities? Because he did did look good on Monday in the, in the screen game, especially early. But are we going to see him uh, get, get any more carries from now to the end of the season? Um, I think he'll continue to get those opportunities. I think, you know, against the Minnesota Vikings, a large part of that was his ability to pass block. And he's really good at it. He's a willing pass blocker. He understands the protection schemes and what his assignments are. And he's got great technique better than Khalil Herbert. And so I thought that was as much of a reason why you saw him get the high snap count that he got against, again, that that defense that likes to bring so many pressures. Uh, that being said, I think he'll, he'll get some opportunities to run the ball uh, out of the backfield much. We'll see, you know, how quickly Deontay Foreman is able to come back. I think the Bears just have – a, a deep room at running back. They got a lot of guys that can do a lot of things well, that can carry the ball well, and I think they like what they've seen from all of them, really. Uh, we talk about Deontay Foreman, Khalil Herbert, and Roshan Johnson, so I think that they like what they've seen from those guys, and I think that he will get his opportunities, but I think it'll probably be um, – game plan specific in terms of you know what are they trying to get done on any given week that will kind of dictate as much as anything who's getting the majority of the reps in the backfield let's talk about the rest of the nfl uh herb the rest of the, uh their time with us um you know philadelphia baltimore you know those are your top two seeds as, as we're as we're recording this do you think i'm not going to ask you your super bowl picks just yet because we can do that another time <laughs> but uh who do you think are the favorites right now in the nfl yeah, it looks it looks it looks like a really tall task to try to beat that Philadelphia Eagles team. I mean, they don't really have many weaknesses on on that roster. And if they're if they're playing to the best of their ability, they're going to be really really tough to beat. Especially when you talk about having to go to Philly uh, throughout the throughout the course of the NFC playoffs. And so, uh, I don't know that who I don't know who can beat them. I mean, you talk about the 49ers, you talk about Dallas. I don't think anybody really believes that Dallas is going to go to Philly. And, and knock them off. Um, Dallas has played well against teams that they should play well against and not so much against teams that you got to compete with to, to make a Super Bowl run. So uh, right now I would say it, it, it's Philly's, you know, uh, race to lose, if you will, um, in, in, in the NFC. Um, you flip it over to the AFC, you're going to start with, with the Chiefs because they've been there, they've done that. Um, they got to continue to play well because they want teams to have to come through through Arrowhead. And I don't know if they want to go to Baltimore and play that smash mouth game. I don't know if that bodes well for them. And so those are the two teams that you're looking at in the AFC. And I think whichever one of those teams is able to play well down the stretch to secure home field advantage will probably have the upper hand in that AFC championship. And then, in my opinion, the winner will be going uh, to Vegas to, to, to see the Eagles. 
One of the highlight games for this weekend coming up, Harvest, the San Francisco 49ers traveling to Philadelphia to take on the Eagles, the rematch of last year's championship game. We all know what happened there. Uh, how, what, from your vantage point, give us a percentage of of the 49ers' chances of upsetting the Eagles on Sunday because at least as of right now, uh, they, they have they have a better squad than they did when they went uh, when they went there last year before Brock Pur- Purdy was uh, was injured. And that's a really good team out in San Francisco. They're very multiple in terms of, you know, the way they can attack you offensively and they try to control the game that way with, with, with you know, time and possession. And so if they can do that, they'll certainly give them chance, themselves a chance to be in the game. It's a really good defense as well. If they can pressure um, Jalen Hurts, then they can, uh, you know, impact him and his ability to get the ball to his playmakers on the outside. That being said, I just think that the, that offensive line for the Eagles will hold up just enough to allow Jalen Hurst to make the plays that he needs to make, whether it's, you know, finding, you know, A.J. Brown down the field or Devontae Smith or whatever it may be or, or, or creating plays with his legs. I think that that's really going to be the difference, that that offensive line's ability to hold up against what is a very, very good um, uh, defensive front for the 49ers, and they brought in Chase Young, obviously, and they've already had Bolson and everybody else. But I think it's going to be a really, really good game. I wouldn't be surprised at all if the 49ers go out there and win the game. I'll give the edge to the Eagles, but in a very close game, I think the I think the 49ers got a you know 40, 45% chance of going in there and winning that game, no doubt. Who are your top three or four guys for MVP at right now as of December 1st? I think I would start with with Jalen Hurts again. I think they're the best team in the league, and and he's the linchpin of that offense. So I would I would start with with him. Uh, Dak Prescott has played really really well. You got to include him in any conversation about MVP right now. And I think that you know Patrick Mahomes, he's always going to be in the conversation. Um, I think that Lamar Jackson deserves some discussion in the conversation. I think losing uh, Mark Andrews is really really tough for them. Uh, also, I would include Tyreek Hill. I mean, he, listen, I know it's it's the, the MVP race seems to always just be, you know, a quarterback race. But the way Tyreek Hill has played this entire season and what he's been able to do in terms of opening things up for that offense and for Tua, uh, you got to include Tyreek Hill in that conversation, too. He's having uh, uh, he's on pace for a, a record breaking season. I know it's an extra game that they have now, but you can't ignore what Tyreek is doing down in Miami. Yeah, you talked about Baltimore and Kansas City earlier, um, Herb, and I wanted to ask you about Miami, those next teams like Miami mm-hmm. and Jacksonville. They'll have a Monday night game coming up uh, this weekend hosting an injury real Cincinnati Bengals team. Uh, do you get either or both those teams uh, any hope of representing the AFC in the Super Bowl in February? Um, I don't take the Jaguars serious like that. I mean, I think they're a good football team. I don't think they can go to the Super Bowl. Miami would would need as much as anything to be able to uh, stand up against the run uh, defensively and, and and be able to get the ball back to that offense. That offense can score on anybody, right? So you play them, you got to bring your offense. But if you keep them on the sideline because you're running the ball, then that's the best way to cover Tyreek Hill, right? Put him on the bench and you don't got to worry about his his 4-2 speed or 4-1 speed or whatever that dude is running at right now. So um, I think that it, for them, it's about, you know, their defense's ability to hold up and, and keep the other team from kind of dominating the time of possession. Now, the Dolphins don't need that much time to score, right? They can, they can do it as fast <laughs> as anybody. They got a lot of speed mm-hmm. all over the field. It's not just Tyreek. They got Jalen Waddle, so they got they got speed all over the place. They got speed in the backfield as well. And, and Tua is, is playing really, really well. 
I just think that if it comes down to it and they they, they they make a deep run, but then they have to go to a Baltimore, they have to go to a Kansas City. You're talking about a South Florida team that's got to go and play in the elements uh, with a lot on the line. And I don't know if, if you know, they're going to be as efficient offensively, but also I don't know if their defense can hold up against the multiple attack that the Ravens can bring and then everything that the Chiefs can throw at you. So I, I like the Dolphins as a team. I, I wouldn't pick them to be able to make a Super Bowl run because I, I just like the other two teams better. Let's talk about your uh, your uh, what you do with CHGO Bears. Uh, you do uh, you know you're you're you're, you're terrific uh, there with um, Adam Hogue and Mark Carmen. Uh, you know every Monday after the Bears game or every every Tuesday after the Bears game. However, that mm-hmm. right. how did that yeah how did that come about? Um yeah I, I've enjoyed the 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 opportunity to to be over there at CHGO and do the Bears post game shows. Uh, it's been something that's kind of kind of been in the works for a while. Uh, we had some discussions last year about me coming over to CHGO. And at the time, the, the, it, it didn't really work out. Um, and so we revisited some discussions about, you know, the ability to, to get me on to the post-game shows. And uh, this year was able to uh, be more in alignment with everything else that was going on. And so I've, I've absolutely enjoyed uh, my time being over there, not only working, you know, with the guys on the show, but everybody behind the scenes. Shout out to Lawrence and Kevin and Jake. Everybody it's just it has been phenomenal. So I've enjoyed uh, my time over there, I continue to enjoy. It. I love, I love to talk ball. So you know, anytime you give me opportunity to talk ball, I'm with it. And uh, they do some great things over there at CHGO. So I'm, I'm happy to be a small part of the team over there. Yeah, and last question. On your toes on, on your toes. So on his toes. So yeah, he needs that from time to time. <laughs> <laughs> last question for me, Herb. The Bears have five games remaining. Three of them are at home. How many victories do you see the the Bears grabbing before the year concludes? Yeah, I mean, I think they'll be in all five of those games. I think, you know, you came into the last seven games when Justin was coming back, starting with the Detroit game. You're like, okay, well, how many of these games, you know, can they win? I think a lot of people say, well, they should be able to win the Atlanta Falcons game and the the Cardinals game, and maybe they can go up to Lambeau and beat a a, a down Packers team. Um, But the the real litmus test was going to be how they could perform, you know, against the division-leading Detroit Lions, and could they go on the road and play well against the Vikings? And I think they've answered both of those questions uh, affirmatively. Uh, they went to Detroit. They should have won that game. Now, you don't, give them, you don't give them no pass. You don't give them no, you know, ain't no cancellation prize or nothing like that. They should have won. They didn't. But they did go out there and play well enough um, to show that they can compete with the best team in this division. And so now you got them coming to your place. Uh, can you stack another game like you did when you went to their place, but this time just kind of finish it? And so I think they'll be in all those games. And I think it goes back to what we were talking about earlier with the defense, that defense will keep them in all of these games. And so I think they have a chance to win them all. I think they'll win at least three of them. Uh, I think anything less than three would be a disappointment. I think uh, four is a realistic possibility. I don't think they'll just, I don't think they'll rip off, you know, five straight and in, in the season on a six game win streak. I don't, I don't think that. Um, but they'll be in all of those games and I expect them to win. Uh, I expect them to win three, at least three of them. And they could certainly win four. I think, I think they'll beat the Cardinals and, and the Falcons at home. I think they'll go up to Lambeau and get that win as well. And, you know, maybe, um, they find a way to, to beat Detroit or go on the road against a very, very good Cleveland Browns defense and get a win there. I think that's going to be, it's going to be tough. Um, but yeah, I think, I think they'll win at least three and maybe four. All right, her again. Thank you so much for joining us today. We love having you on with us. So where people can find you and read all your stuff from the base. And and always my pleasure, you all. Thank you all so much.
uh, for having me. You can follow me on Twitter at HerbHower411. Uh, you can follow my work uh, at, at It's The Bigs on, on uh, Twitter and uh, TheBigs.us on the internet. You can also see uh, all of my latest interviews and one-on-ones with a lot of the Bears players on the Bigs Media YouTube page. We've done one-on-ones this year with DJ Moore and Justin Fields and Darnell Mooney, Cole Command, all the guys we talked about. Some really cool interviews that you can find on the Bigs Media YouTube page. So, Definitely, definitely stay in tune. But again, most importantly, I, I appreciate y'all for having me on. Yeah, we appreciate you, Herbo. Much continued success. Thank you very much for taking time on your busy schedule to join us. Um, enjoy the bye week. We're going to see some real football for once before the Bears finish out the season, at least for this weekend. And as, as we said, much continued success. And we'll definitely have you on again uh, during the all season. It's going to be an interesting one for sure. It will be. Thanks again. I appreciate it. Thanks, Herb. All right, thank you. All right, once again, said that, and everybody, that's uh, what was Herb Howard from uh, the Bigs. Uh, okay, we got our girl Christine for KSRB on deck, and we're gonna take a really quick break. We're gonna do our NFL week 13, fit, 13 picks, no bear saying, thank the Lord. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and so, White Sox news could a couple of guys be on the move, and a whole lot more. We'll talk about that with uh, Sid and Christine coming up next. Second season sports on Sports of Chicago, our NFL picks coming up right after this. This year, my mom got me the perfect bag for back to school. These colorful binders help me stay organized. These headphones are just what I need for studying. These new sneakers are just what I need for the new year. This jacket is a real must-have. My parents got me the skateboard I wanted. It's pretty cool. These scissors really come in handy in art class. These colored pencils, too. These new socks, they can be a real lifesaver. I finally got my own phone to stay in touch with my mom. Trisha's having a sleepover tonight. Can I go? I wonder about Lucy's friends. What should I say? I know you're only 10, but one of these days a friend will offer you a drink. And alcohol at your age can lead to so many things. None of them good. So can I go to the sleepover? Lucy, I want you to promise me something. I finished my homework. <laughs> Bigger promise. If there's any drinking, I want you to say, no thanks, not my thing. Mom. I promise you, your real friends won't care. Deal? Sure. Really? I promise, Mom. They really do hear you. Did you pack your toothbrush? For tips on how to start the talk, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. A public service message from the Substance Abuse and Mental Health Services Administration.
Hey, this is Dr. J, and I listen to Sean and Maya in the morning. Back to second season sports on sports on Chicago. You can follow me by Keita McGee on the Twitter X at Kiss Corky and the IG. You can follow your Shirley Sydney Brown on the Twitter X and the IG at CK80. Once again, at CK80, that's S I D K I D A zero. That's S I D K I D A zero. This is our last segment of the show for today and for the week. So make those questions and comments look good. You can go to Sports on Chicago's Facebook page and at Sports on Chicago on YouTube to do that. You know, the best ones will get posted up on the screen by Lakina. And just a daily reminder, you can catch Sports on Chicago now available on Roku TV. All right, Sid, our girl is uh, – let, let's not delay her any longer. Uh, we got a lot to talk about with her, you know, with both our picks and a whole lot more. Miss Christine, the Queen Medica from KSRB. Hi, Christine. All right, well, this is great news for you, Christine, because you actually gained a couple of games on Sid these last uh, couple of weeks. You only did, you only did, because you know what? Because that 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 Giants Patriots game, remember that we, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that that's what also helped you. Uh, that's what really got you going there too. You only like a game behind Sid, so uh, you know that that's you know, we're, and I'm like two games behind both of y'all, so still a lot to be decided here in these next you know six weeks. <laughs> Coming for you, Sid. <laughs> yeah, it's not how you start; it's how you finish. So buckle up. <laughs> All right, yeah, oh yeah, we're gonna be definitely gonna be buckling up here. Uh, of course, the Bears are on by week. Thank God. Uh, sorry about that. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, before we get started, um, uh, Lakina, I want to get Christine's thoughts about last oh. Monday night's win. Oh yes, yes, yes. Boy, you know, you know, we were on our way back. We were driving from Omaha from the airport, and we were listening to the, the game. Yeah, Omaha on the radio station, and. Uh, <laughs> Holy cow, was that brutal at some points. And even the, the <laughs> announcers were like, I am so sorry. Everybody has to be listening to this game and say, and I don't agree with Joe Buck on a lot of different things, but we got back home uh, in time for the start of the fourth quarter. And by the end of the game, he said, nobody wanted to win that game. And I said, you are right, Joe Buck. I'd rather it have ended in a tie in all honesty. <laughs> They were was, laughing at the end of that game. They were literally like both he and Troy were both. They, they just didn't know what to do. I mean, if if I was in that situation, I wouldn't know what to say either. That game was awful. But I think the cherry on top was when Laura Laura asked to Fields, how do you how do you think he played? And he's like, ah, I played all right. And I'm like, you are lying. Just say you played bad. Like, <laughs> like that was the worst part about it. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Did you not just see how you how that game went? Like the fact that you just say I played all right. It's like no, that was a terrible game. And let's be um, honest, DJ Moore, he was wide open during that throw down the field to get that yes. field goal. Like, let's, yeah. let's be honest was, about yeah. this. I think, if anything, that game, it, it in that regard, it was very winnable for the Bears. It, it should have been more than what it was on both sides, in my opinion. But if anything, that game just shows to me still, still that Fields can't read defenses. And, and I think this is the point now where – the organization where the Bears organization and the fans need to think about 
life after Justin Fields because I, I just don't think it's clicking. I don't think it's clicking with Luke Getzky either. I think that's another part of the problem that maybe he should also start thinking about packing his bags and same with Eberflus. It's just that the guy had his first conference win within how many games? Like it, it's just not a it's not a good situation. We were better off with Nagy, and I'll still say that to to this day. I'll keep saying that. Well, well, there are a lot of people that feel this. There are actually some Bears fans feel the same way you do, Christine. So uh, yeah. yeah, that's that's. That, that, that's not a, not a popular take. So uh, let's talk about some, some good football here, please. Yeah. All of us bad stuff. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> yeah, but, but you know what, though? Yeah, it, not just the Bears, but the Ravens, the Bills, the Vikings, the Raiders, and the Giants are all on by. So adjust your fantasy leagues accordingly. And we will start, uh, you know, Fox has a doubleheader this week. You know, these are very small uh, group of games here. But we'll start with this first one on CBS. You got the Chargers and the Patriots. Sid, you start this one for us, please. Uh, Bill Belichick, or as we call him, Bill Belichick on this show. Uh, he's still mm-hmm. keeping his quote-unquote secret hand of who's going to start at quarterback. I don't think it's going to matter who's going who starts at quarterback for the Patriots. It could be the three of us. It could be Joe Schmo from Lo- living on Laurel Record Drive, no pun intended. But uh, the, yeah. the the Patriots couldn't get out there with the win against the Giants last week. That was embarrassing. Of course, the Chargers, uh, they had an embarrassing performance against Baltimore Sunday night. But the Chargers, <laughs> pardon my Arnold Schwarzenegger, yeah. but the Chargers, should, uh, they're still a talented team. They should be able to win this game. Uh, I know the Chargers are favored by five and a half. I think if I give you a smart person, you take the Patriots to cover, but I think the Chargers will win this game on the road, even though it's an early start for them on the East Coast. Yeah, I'm taking the Chargers in this one, too. They kind of had a lackluster Sunday night game. We had so many great games over the Thanksgiving holiday, and then you got to Sunday night, and you're like, oh, that's it? (laughs) Like, that's (laughs) the game that, that we're getting this time around? I think the funny part was was when uh, Joey Bosa was eating Raisin Bran cereal in the, yeah. in the box. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he was. Like, that was kind of a random little tidbit there. But, yeah, I mean, I feel I feel bad because Herbert is a really good quarterback. I just think the coaching needs to change, and, and Chris and I have been talking about that. But the Bears will gladly take him as a coach. <laughs> so you put that out there, Christine. <laughs> oh, in, in case the Chargers want to give him up, feel free to send him Chicago's way. <laughs> uh, I'll pick the Chargers too. Like I said, I think it's pretty much listed in, in in Foxborough right now, and. You know, this is, you know, look, I don't know if the, the Chargers probably will make the playoffs and, you know, Brandon Sales probably going to be gone, but I think this could be like a, a guess salvage, you know, game and again, right game for them, even though they'll probably be playing, it'll, it'll be a little bit cold and, you know, they're playing early. So, uh, yeah, I think the Chargers should win this one pretty handily. Um, I believe we're going to get this game. Fox is part of the doubleheader of the Lions and the Saints. Christine, you start this one for us. I think this one's pretty easy for me. It's the Lions. I think this is a good game for them to keep on the right track in order to get to the postseason. There was a lot of movement, I would say, within the last week when it comes to the playoff picture and where teams could be heading. All of a sudden now people are talking about the Broncos going into the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Who would have thought, thought that would have happened? So in order to secure their spot and to secure their for sure uh, in into the playoffs, I think they got to get this win. So I'm picking the Lions. The Lions got embarrassed on, on Thanksgiving Day at home against the Packers. I think they'll get the bad taste out of their mouth. I'm going with Detroit on the road. 
and they are yeah. favored by four and a half points. Yeah, Ooh. I think I yeah, I think they're gonna they're gonna get this is their get right game for the Lions. I know they were not you saw Dan Campbell's comments afterwards, they were oh, not yeah. happy after losing to Green Bay the way they did on Thanksgiving. So yeah, yeah, this is a get right get right game for them. So uh I'm also picking the Lions as well. Now uh next up here you got the Falcons and the J E T S Jets. Uh, good grief. This is like, what? Jesus. I, this is one of those, uh, toss up. The games. last time I checked the line was at a pick of Yeah. Well, well, exactly. Cause I think they don't know what to do either. Uh, Vegas yeah. So, uh, um, I, I get, Oh, good grief. I mean, I, I guess I'll, I'll take the Falcons. I, I don't know why. I guess someone's got to win. I would, I, I would be happy with a tie, but I guess I'll take the Falcons. Really no other reason. Just because. <laughs> I'm, I'm sick of this. Go ahead, Christine. Oh, I'm sorry, Sid. Go. I interrupted you. You go. Okay. I'm sick of this Aaron Rodgers manifesting uh, talk about coming back <laughs> on Christmas Eve. Uh, uh, the hell with the Jets. I'm going with the Falcons. <laughs> I'm picking the Falcons, too, just because you never know what you're going to get with them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's true. I mean, they played the Bears a couple of weeks. So, uh, right. Bears, I should say. So, yeah, we'll see what happens there. Um, Cardinals and Steelers. Sid, you start this one. Pittsburgh's favorite by six. Um, they're seven to four right now. How are they getting done with the lackluster offense? Uh, uh, I don't know. Shout out to Mike mm -hmm. Tomlin, but uh, this this should be an easy win for the Steelers. Uh, play strong defense and run that ball hard with, with Jalen Warren. And this should be a, almost a kickoff for them. So I'm going with Pittsburgh. And they're favored by six points. I'm going with Pittsburgh, too, especially now that Zach Ertz is out and the team, Cardinals and him, usually parted ways yesterday. That's yep. just another weapon that you don't have. And the Cardinals did not look great last week either, so I'm picking the Steelers. Yeah, this is an easier one for me. Probably one of the easier ones for me. I'm picking the Steelers, too, because... Like you said, Christine, and, and said we talked about it. Uh, this is probably the best. The last year was probably the worst that they they they've looked. I'm talking about the Cardinals did all year. So mm -hmm. you know we'll see. Or see, I mean, he could be he could be going back to Philly. Who knows? So, uh, but yeah, I think for this one, I'm uh, gonna pick the uh, once Cardinals. upon a time his wife played for the Chicago Stars. For yes, soccer, she did. So, yeah. uh, yes, she did. I'm sure Chicago would like to have a buddy for Cole Komet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm sure he wants some. Yeah, he has another ring, so I'm thinking he's probably yeah. going to go to either the Ravens or the e or back to the Eagles. Um, Colts and Titans. Uh, Christine, you start this one for us. The AFC South matchup again. This is another pick. Um, I mean, Titans. It can go either way. Gardner Minshew again. All of a sudden, the Colts are now in the in the wild card talk. Who would have <laughs> thought that we were saying that too? So I'm picking the Colts. <laughs> <laughs> the Titans um, uh, make uh, made Carolina eat their lunch last week. Uh, of course, the Colts, uh, they dominated over Christine's Baker Mayfield's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. What is it, my Baker Mayfield? <laughs> 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 you think this is the time for the Colts to take off? Uh, something tells me that the Titans are going to come up with another surprising performance. I wouldn't be surprised if they lose this either, but I'm going with the Titans because they're at home. And usually these two teams play each other. Tell us, Lakina said they're division rivals. So I'm going with the Titans in a close one. 
Yeah, I'm picking the Colts. Like I said, I think the Titans, I just don't know what I'm going to get. I mean, you, well, could we get that the other team we saw last year? We're going to get the team that got their butts kicked fail early this season. So I just don't know what we're going to get with the Titans. So uh, I think the Colts are playing good at the right time. They're right there, you know, in the thick of it for the wild card. So, yeah, I'm picking the Colts. So I'm taking my, uh, my, my shot here with this mini upset, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll start this one with the Dolphins and the Commanders. Um, they, they got rid of Jack Del Rio, their DC. I'm talking about the Commanders did. Um, I know the Dolphins, you know, they usually play well against teaser. They should beat. So uh, I think the Dolphins uh, should win this game pretty handily. I'm going with the Dolphins too easy. Miami. Oh, that was <laughs> oh, wasn't expecting. Let me get a chance to type that up a little bit now while I type it up. Let's uh, do this next one here. The last of the new games. You got the Broncos, speaking of, and the Texas. An intriguing one here. Uh, Sid, you start this one. We'll get this game if you're living in the Chicagoland area. That's at high noon on CBS on Sunday. The Texans are favored by three points at home. Of course, Christine is mentioned. I know her soon-to-be husband, Chris, is happy as well that the Denver Broncos yes. are 6-5. and five, mm-hmm. uh, Six and 5 uh, right in the thick of the playoff chase. Yes. Shout out to Russell Wilson and their defense and head coach Sean Payton. But I think that party's going to come to an end. I'm going with Houston. They should have won day. A game last week against Jacksonville, but they uh, did not execute down the stretch. The Jaguars were a better team. C.J. Stroud leads that bunch on offense. Shout out head coach D'Amico Ryans for the Houston Texans. I think their defense is going to step up and uh, get it done against against Denver. So I'm going with Houston here. Yes, and I agree that the Texans definitely should have won last week after the game that Stroud was having. However, I'm hopping on this Broncos train, and I'm going to say they're going to keep it going here against the Texans. And, you know, maybe with Russell Wilson's birthday this week, there could be some other magic going on. So uh, let's ride. (laughs) Oh, nicely done. Nicely done. I'll pick the Broncos, too. I mean. Like I said, it's not that I don't believe in the Texas, but I think that 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 loss against the Giants could, you know, be kind of linger. So I think the Broncos are getting good at the right time as well. So this is good. This should be a really entertaining game. Mm-hmm. We've watched this game a lot. So yeah, it'll be a close one. I'm picking the Broncos just because I think they're that they're like really the hottest team, one of the hottest teams in the league right now. Uh, this should be an easy one. Uh, no break right. Uh, basically everybody, everything's kind of in flux in Carolina. So, uh, they meet the Bucks. So if the Bucks don't win this game against, uh, Carolina, they should be ashamed of themselves. The first of the, the last, uh, first of the three o'clock game. So I'll pick the Bucks. They should win this handily if they're not shame on them. <laughs> Call me crazy, but I'm picking the Panthers. Maybe there's going to be some sort of revitalization after, uh, Frank Reck leaves. I don't know because that's normally what's been happening this past season. A head coach leaves, a team wins, and that's been kind of the trend in the in the league for a while now. So I'm hesitantly picking the Panthers because maybe maybe they just need a change. So I'm yeah, I'm just gonna see what happens with that one. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with Christine's logic, but I think Tampa is a better team, and they mm-hmm. should have won that game against the Colts on the road last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tampa Bay is favored by five and a half. I would oh. take Carolina in the points, but I think Tampa wins the ball game. Should be. A, we'll see what happens. You know, and Christine might be right. You know, but we'll see what happens there. Uh, one. Uh, well, I mean, Browns and Rams. I mean, Christine, you start this one for us. 
Oh man, that that sounds like a sigh of defeat. The Browns, I mean, you got to the Dorian Thompson Robinson, you know, uh, I'm sure all right. the injuries that the Browns have had, and then the Rams, you know, they're getting good. So uh, this could be another one of those toss up games. So who do you yeah, think? Who do you have? And I think I'm picking the Rams for this one with without uh, Deshaun Watson as their quarterback. And again, a lot of injuries for the Browns right now. The Rams are getting good at the right time, but. Is it going to be worth it at the end of the season? No, but at least they're showing that they're still a good team. So I'm picking the Rams. Yeah, the Browns had their chances at Denver last Sunday and it went away. The Rams were dominant at Arizona. The Rams game plan, run the ball with Kyron Williams, play strong defense, and let Matthew Stafford cook when he needs to. So I'm going with the Rams here to even their record at six and six at home. Yeah, I think the Rams. And then about three and a half. Uh, yeah, I think the Rams should win this one pretty easily. And I think that defense is going to – Aaron Donald's still playing at a very high level. There are rumors that maybe he might retire after this season. So I think he's going to – if he – yeah. So, yeah, if he does, let, you know, he's up here he's going to want to go out on tops at, at the very least. So, uh, yeah, he's going to uh, bone rush wh- wh- whoever it is, whether it's, you know, Dorian Thompson Robinson or P.J. Walker, he's going to, like, bone rush. He might get a couple of sacks. So uh, then, then we'll see what happens there. Now, uh, this is what I'm excited about, this next game. This is going to be the game of the week, you know, for Fox – yeah. Um, you got the 49ers and the Eagles. Sid, you start this one. San Francisco's favored by three points on the road. I know that Philadelphia, <coughs> excuse me, I believe has the same record like they did a year ago, but as we told you, mm-hmm. Philadelphia's a different team this year. I know they beat Kansas City on the road a couple of weeks ago. Uh, they barely came back and beat Buffalo last week. Buffalo gave that game away. San Francisco has looked great since their bye week. I don't think they haven't even lost. I think they're three and no since their bye week. So mm-hmm. They look very different than what these two teams last time they played in the NFC Championship game at that same site last year. I'm going with San Francisco here in a close one. This is going to be a tough game. Going to Philly in itself, that's always just a challenge because of the stadium, the fans, just everything in general. Um, Yeah, the the Eagles don't look the same, and that's just – for whatever reason, it just looks discombobulated. You have Jalen Hurts that probably has the most turnover, one of the quarterbacks that has the most turnovers this year besides Josh Allen. And then you got some some uh, penalties that are, that are really careless. Jason Kelsey, for example, those two back-to-back false start penalties mm-hmm. found out this week, yes, he did have to use the bathroom. <laughs> so that's <laughs> not that. That happened. Um, and this is this is a really tough pick for me. I am going to go with the Eagles just because it is a home game. But my heart is rooting for the 49ers for this one. You muted it. Yeah, I got to go. Yeah, I'm so excited. I, I muted myself for a second. but uh, She was I, doing a Jason Kelsey. <laughs> right. Well, yeah, I had to like, yeah, I had to like, yo, for a second. But uh I don't know. I pick the, I pick the 49ers. Um, you know, for me, I, I just think that this is like a totally different uh, team. Yeah, they chase him. makes that defense even better. I think Brock Purdy has, you know, looked really good. So, yeah, I think the 49ers. Who you, who'd you pick, Christina? I I, I, I forgot. Just Eagles. Like, like, Eagles. Oh, okay. Well, I can, look, I can see the uh, Eagles winning this game, too. So, yeah, this could be one of those toss-up games. It could come down to who has the ball last. So, uh, yeah, but I think the 49ers here for this one. I, I think they get their revenge. At least right now, they, they, may, they may face each other again in the playoffs. Who knows? But I think this time the 49ers will get their revenge. Now, 
two historic franchises face each other in the Sunday night game here. And you got the Packers who've been actually playing okay lately, pretty well. They're at five and six. I guess the Chiefs, you know, kind of struggle lately. So, uh, Christine, you start this one for us. It's just there it's very it's a very interesting matchup um you have the packers who are actually kind of playing decently and then you have the chiefs who almost lost against the raiders last week so what who do you go with um and i think when it comes to the experience and the level i think the chiefs still have something there they're not who they were last year i don't think they're as good as they were and i still don't think that they're going to go to the super bowl but i do think they're going to win on sunday over the packers i think this game will be closer than what people think the chiefs mm -hmm. are six yeah. point favorites on the road i'm going with kansas city yeah i'm thinking the chiefs too and i think you know but i think the packers will cover i, I just don't see the Chiefs. i know i've seen chiefs twitter say oh we're going to dominate the packers no i don't think that's going to happen i think you know the packers will hang will will hang tough but i think the uh, the chiefs will pull away late and uh win the close one now monday night game here and of course the manning cast is back uh, yeah yeah you got the Bengals and the jaguars again no joe burrow you know, I think the Jaguars, you know, with that win against the Texans, I think they can kind of take control of the uh, AFC South. They struggle a lot. Talk about the, uh, the Bengals did. And hopefully, Jay Brown could get a little bit better. But I think that defense is actually, you know, actually probably one of the better defenses in the NFL. Uh, I'll pick the Jags, and I don't think it's going to be close. I don't think it's, I don't think it's going to be as bad as last Monday night's game, but I know, uh, but I think you know, it'll be a little more exciting. But uh, I think the Jaguars will pull away, pull away late. If people thought last Monday's game was entertaining, boy, they're they're <laughs> in for it this time. I'm picking the Jags, plain and simple. I'm going with Jacksonville too. They're eight and a half point favorites at home. I think it's the first time in a while that they had a a, a home playoff game. I'm sorry, a home game on Monday night. Mm -hmm. Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne, both of them better step up. I have them on my fantasy team. Is in my league, we started our fantasy football playoffs. So I need those two brothers to have a big performance. This better be a blow. I think it will be. So I'm going with the Jaguars. All right. And, uh, again, no Bears game this week. Uh, thank goodness. So, uh, yeah, that is your schedule for this uh, NFL Week 13. As the second season sports on uh, Sports on Chicago, Lakeena McGee, Cindy Brown, our girl KXRB is Christine Manica. Uh, we got some time here, guys. We went, we, like I said, there were, there were six teams on by, so we were able to get, get through the schedule pretty quick. So, uh, let's talk about uh, the, the White Sox first. I mean, some of the various reports have uh, Dylan C's. Uh, I'm figuring, you know, the Dodgers could be, you know, by first services. I think her Baltimore as well, and a few other teams that made the playoffs last year. So, uh, Christine, I'll start with you. Where do you, do you think uh, C's gets traded in the winter meetings coming up next weekend? Gosh, I hope not, because who else is going to be on the team? <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> like who else valuable or, or worth it is going to be on the team for the White Sox, especially if they're looking to have a way better season than, than what they did last year. But I, at the end of the day, I understand that it is still a business and you got to get, get what you can get for a player while the iron is hot. But again, it's like, you're, you already got rid of a lot of major bats. You're not, re, technically, you're not re-signing Liam Hendricks, even though he is going through uh, recovery after Tommy John surgery. So it's, who do you got in your bullpen? Who's going to be the your top starter for you? More importantly, who's going to be the face of the organization? So I hope they find a way to keep them. Um, 
and and somehow um, keep a keep a little bit of 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 excitement for the fans. <laughs> I don't want to see Christine's face if if it happens or, or this weekend mm-hmm. or next week as the GM and starts shit that happen. Lakina, we talked about this last year that Baltimore was sniffing around uh, with uh, with the White Sox at the trade deadline last year, but now ex uh, employees Kenny Williams and and Rick Hahn both axed that deal, axed it uh, as far as not sending Dillacy's over to Baltimore. So we'll see what happens with that. But I think the other interesting name that I think it will, I think realistically will get dealt as Eloy Jimenez. Of course, there's been questions about him uh, with his uh, weight issue. Or maybe he came in 30 pounds lighter last year. But, you know, he just cannot stay on the field for a full season. So I think he's the next one to get moved. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that he and there are a lot. Look, there are a lot of teams that might be vying for his services too. So yeah, I think he mm-hmm. is probably the uh, the probably the most likely if if any of them get either one of them, either he or yeah. or CS get the boot within the next week or two. So yeah, I think he might be the name that might be looking out for. I think um I think I saw like you know uh the Dodgers. I think I saw like uh, Tampa uh my my forum too well you'll get to tampa in a second but uh i, I yeah that's gonna be really gonna be the, the interesting thing here so uh, yeah i think Eloy might be the name to watch out for in the next couple of weeks all, all right, right let's go, no, go ahead <laughs> uh let's go over the black hawks uh, christine of course uh i'll i'll I, first of all i'll stand correctly Kenny, we talked about them at the end of the show last week no sorry on on monday i i confused myself uh taylor hall uh his season is over with that injury but yeah. Corey Perry, he's in a whole nother boat. Yeah. He got his pink yes. slip and link card and mm-hmm. and a dose of reality. Now he's he says he's checking into rehab after doing some things that was conduct detrimental to the team. Christine, I know you read the statement, you mm-hmm. heard all the stuff. What are your thoughts? Mm-hmm. It it sounds like you know, I feel bad for him. It sounds like he's going through a lot of personal demons. Uh the rumors going on and involving uh teammates, teammates' families, uh frankly, I think are just rumors at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, but but again, we will, we probably won't know anything concrete until after the season is over or until Corey feels comfortable talking about it. Um, if he is going through some sort of an addiction, alcoholism, whatever it is, I, I wish him the best. I wish him the best in, in his recovery and in, in his healing because it, it is a it is a mental health issue. It, it is a a disease. So um, I hope that he and his family and the Black Hawk organization can uh, can heal through this process together. And shout out to Kyle Davis and the and the newly uh, reformed Black Hawk organization for for getting ahead of this. Especially, you know, we all saw with the sexual assault cases that happened um, in years past, coming bringing those back into light. How they weren't handled the right way immediately, and now. What Kyle David said in the press conference on Wednesday that this just shows that the culture is changing in the front office. So good, good for them for kind of getting ahead of it and for uh, and for yeah, exactly what he said, changing the culture. Yeah, you could tell by Kyle, Kyle Davis's face during that presser. You could you could tell like he was. Yeah, you know, he was not. He was very upset after what transpired. Yeah. So it must have been pretty bad what Perry did for them to kind of like say, "Hey, you know what? You know, we're, you're you're not even gonna get your con the rest of your contract. You're 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 we're, we're, we're terminating you." And uh, he's in rehab now, and I hope he gets all the help that he needs. Um, I I feel like that's the most important thing. You know, get his mind right, both uh, physically and mentally. Like you said, Christine. I mean, you know, it, it, it's tough. You know, we we were like, okay, here we go again. But you know. 
we'll, we'll see. I think, you know, getting his, uh, himself together is the most important thing. And I'm, you know, I'm, I'm glad he, he acknowledged that he has a problem. That's always the, the toughest thing to do. Yeah. Hopefully he can get the help that he needs. As for the Blackhawks, uh, you know, you understand why they had to move on because they didn't want that to be a distraction. I mean, I, yeah. I heard some, I saw some of this that was going on. I'm like, oh, good Lord. Like, really? Like, really? Who who thought of this, this type of stuff? But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, that 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 was, you know, settled and uh, everything else in between. Yeah. And a couple other things are, uh, since we're in our ho- hockey circle for a minute. One, that you can't, all, you can't always believe everything you see on social media, mm-hmm. especially with that, the, with the stuff of Corey Perry and the, and the last teammates, yeah, you, know, you just can't believe that. So as we always say, like, you, you had to take what's on social media, especially dealing with stuff like that uh, with a grain of salt. And number two, I know Patrick Kane uh, signed with the Detroit uh, Dead Wings or Red Wings. I That's should like say. That's like a knife to the heart. Yeah. And I want to get your quick thoughts, Christine, before we move on <laughs> to basketball. Christine, what are your thoughts about Patrick Kane uh, in Detroit now? Exactly what I said. It's a night to the heart to uh, Blackhawks fans. I mean, <laughs> if you want to, if you really want to hurt someone, that's the way to do it. Um, but again, same what we talked about with baseball. At the end of the day, it's a bit, it's a business. And if they gave him the most money, well, more power to them. I mean, see, here's the thing. I said it on, on Twitter, actually, in the last couple of days when all this came out. Like, if this had been, like, if this was, like, 10 or 15 years ago and the Red Rays and the Hawks were playing each other more often, I probably would feel the way you do, Christine. Yeah. But since they're in Chris the East, anyone? Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. I was more upset with that. I was more pissed with that than, than, <laughs> right. than, than this year. I mean, look, they're, they're one of the top teams in the league. I'm talking about uh, Detroit. Uh, Alistair Brinkett, I wish he was still in the Hawks uniform. Jesus, uh... But uh, you know, they they beat the Hawks pretty handily last night, and they'll they'll only play each other. I think they play like on February twenty third at the UC. That's going to be interesting. I'm sure we'll see if Kaner plays that game. Right. But, uh, and it's Chris Chelios' uh, retirement re- night. Retirement night. So yeah, all mm-hmm. the parallels there. But uh, if this if this is like the Preds or the Blues, I feel that probably would have been more a myth. But since it's the Red Wings are in the East Conference, okay, okay, yeah, you, you did what you had to do. So whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Couple more topics to uh, get with with Christine since we have a couple minutes left here on Second City Sports on Sports on Chicago. Christine, the Chicago Bulls, uh, there's six and fourteen now. Uh, they had an important win last night against the Milwaukee Bucks at home. No Zach Levine, no Demar Derozan. Uh, do you see the Bulls turn this situation around, or do you see some trades coming within uh, the next couple of months or so? If anything, the the person that they should train, and we were talking about this today, is Zach Levine. He he should be the one to to get traded. He's starting to get healthier. He's playing, I guess, a little bit better. Um, I, and I would get him for for what he's worth now. Um, and there's this weird rumor going around too that apparently during the the win the victory he did not participate in the team celebrations. Uh, last night so that kind of tells me maybe he's not really getting along with his teammates that he really doesn't want to be on the team so that's that's not really a good sign so in my opinion I would say I would say trade him if if someone doesn't want to be there just like what happened with um with what happened with the Bears earlier with uh, Claypool get rid of him you don't need that in the locker room yeah, I saw that rumor too, Christine. And that that's never that's kind of telling that he's over it at this point. So uh 
you know, they won't be able to move until probably till February. So yeah, we're, we're stuck with you're stuck with this for the next couple of months. So uh, he is going to be out a week with that foot injury. So uh, we'll see once he comes back. You want to try to keep him as health, healthy as he as you can and have a play you know as well as he had the last you know, couple of games before he got hurt, so you can get a good value for him. So uh, yeah, I mean that that's disappointing to read, but mm-hmm. uh, unfortunately that's probably what we've been hearing the last uh, few last yeah. few months. Yeah, one more subject before we close out. Uh, Lakina, I was watching the um, WGN News during one of our breaks. And, you know, Christine, you know, growing up here in Chicago, uh, today's December 1st, you know, it's the uh, winter band parking. uh, As I always tell people, when you park around in the city of Chicago, read the signs. Guess how many people had their cars towed this morning as of the uh, WGN uh, News at Noon uh, broadcast? Guess how many? 200. No, 63. Whoa. 63 people woke up this morning with their cars towed. Now, for those of you outside of Chicago, Atlanta, area don't know what we're talking about. Uh, from December 1st till April 1st, April 1st whether yeah. you have snow or not, do not park do at not those park. spots where you have those signs. Let me repeat one more again that your kids would say. Between <laughs> December 1st and April 1st during the winter, when you see those signs, whether it's snow on the ground or not, do not park there or else your car will be towed and you will pay close to $250, $300 to get your car out. You got to pay the ticket, you got to pay the storage fee, and you got to pay the ticket, the storage fee, and to get your car out your pound. Out the, uh, out the, out the, out the, out the, uh, yeah, the toll, the toll, uh, toll. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's. Yeah, that that's pretty. I've had that happen to a couple of people. My sister had to happen to her a few years back. So, uh, you know that that that's yeah that that's yeah. yeah gotta read those signs, people. <laughs> yeah, I heard a guy this you know where I was doing a run off our brakes leak, and he said, "I thought we had a natural disaster or something." And I woke up, my car was towed, and and the re- I forgot who the reporter was from WGN. He said, "You know." The city and us, we've been warning you for the last few weeks. Mm-hmm. For those of you that don't pay attention, stuff like this happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, that that's yeah, yeah. Always read the signs, folks. Read the yes. signs, even exactly. And that's your PSA for this weekend. Yes. Um, let's see. Uh, real quick before we uh, before we wrap, I'm going to talk about this. Tom Brady made some comments on a uh, Stephen A. Smith's uh, podcast a couple of weeks ago about the say the NFL. Alex Smith uh, countered that, like, well, look, I mean, the Patriots, you know, they all didn't have, you know, compete against your know, good, uh, good teams in your uh, in the AFC East. So, what'd you real quick? What would you guys think about uh, those those comments from both both men? <laughs> that's a, that's interesting. I mean, he is the goat. He could say whatever he wants. <laughs> well, yeah, Brady and the Patriots couldn't help it that you didn't have too many teams that was uh, that could knock off the Patriots in the that division back then. But I think it's more. I'm not gonna say worse right now, but you have more parity now than you did back then, Lakeen. I think you would agree with me. So, as we said before, as we love the NFL, you have more parity now than you have yet if you than you ever had before. So this is the result of it. I think we're gonna be, this is going to be a taste of what we're going to see when Tom Brady does do television, perhaps next season. He's going to mm-hmm. be saying some things that some people may agree with, some people don't agree with. That. I think he's ready for that. So, uh, in between doing uh, movie scenes with Denzel, now he's doing the uh, making the you know, comments. So yeah, he's becoming like a, a good like you know he's playing this media role pretty well. So uh, I look forward to see how he does. Just just put just put him in at KB and Kevin Brooker and Greg Olson together. Just do a three man <laughs> booth. Don't 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 put Greg <laughs> there. You go. Despite what the, you know, I don't think he was. I don't think, you know, Olsen was the Panther shop. I don't think see that happening. Uh, 
But uh, on that note, you follow my Keenan McGee on the Twitter, X, at Keenan's Crow, and the IG. <laughs> you can follow your Shirley Sydney Brown on the Twitter, X, and the IG at CK80. Once again, that's CK80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. S-I-D-K-I-D-80. Christine, where do your lovely people follow you on social media? They can follow me at cmanica underscore kxrb on Twitter. Oh. And you still have the bird. I do. <laughs> 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 you're, you're lucky. Uh, of course, we want to thank uh, our buddy, other one of our uh, good buddies, Herb Howard from, from the Bigs and CHGO Bears for joining us today. Um, and, of course, our girl Chrissy Manica, as always, uh, for joining us. You can catch Second Scene Sports every Monday and every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Central Standard Time right here on Sports on Chicago, both the Facebook and YouTube channels. One more time, Second Scene Sports, Monday, Mondays and Fridays on Sports on Chicago, uh, anytime you want on, on Facebook and the YouTube channel. Don't forget to download that Sports on Chicago app wherever you get your apps. Follow Sports on Chicago on all social media platforms. Please subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to our podcast at War Media Podcast. That's W-A-R-R Media, P-O-D-C-A-S-T-S. We are on all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app. And give War Media a follow at W-A-R-R Media on all social media platforms. So thank you very much in advance for your support. Like, share, subscribe, and tell your friends. All right, Lakina. All right, enjoy all the sports, you know, championships uh, weekend in college football, the NBA, some college hoops, got some matches coming up there this week, and of course, NFL as well. Y'all get no Bears, all you Bears fans, y'all gotta worry about this. So, <laughs> you enjoy some good football this week. For Sid and Christine, I'm Lakina. This is the Second Sports on Sports of Chicago. Uh, stay warm, folks, and we'll see you guys next week. No Bears, holla! <laughs> Thank the Lord. <laughs> <laughs>